Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. You guys obviously know about the announcement. The Royals coming up in 30 minutes. They are going to make an announcement about the future of their stadium. The expectation reported by Sam McDowell of the Kansas City Star is that they are going to announce their new location, and it is going to be at 16th and McGee. So that is our hope. That is our expectation. We plan on going to the press conference live. You guys know my stance on press conferences. I usually don't like them. But this is one of the most important press conferences in franchise history. I'll make an exception today. I'm all for news press conferences. This feels like news. So we will play that for you live in its entirety coming up in 30 minutes. The Royals are planning a press conference to announce the downtown stadium. We will get real concrete, hard-hitting information. We'll do that coming up in 30 minutes. I also plan on telling you guys a story about my life and how it relates to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to do all of that here after, well, you guys know. Pizza time on the drive. Call number six. Dial me up right now. 913-586-7610. They win a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York style pizza, and they've taken over the town. They lovingly use 100% whole milk mozzarella, all organic tomato sauce with locally grown fresh ingredients, all made by KC guys who know and love pizza. So, Carrington, whether in the mood for maybe some slices or you're hungry enough for a whole pie, be sure to visit them now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you listening to The Drive each day at 2 o'clock. I appreciate you guys' support as we have gone on this playoff journey. I also need you guys to tell one friend. You don't have to tell two friends, but it'd be great if you told one friend to listen to The Drive every day right here at 610 Sports Radio. And you know what? Sometimes you got a chance to win a pizza, and who doesn't like free pizza? This is the story that I want to tell you guys. I told myself at the very beginning of the year that I wanted to learn one skill that I didn't already have. I feel like people at our age, you know, at our big age, Rob, that we don't learn new skills. So I told myself, I said a New Year's resolution that I 
wanted to learn a new skill. And I spent a lot of time on TikTok, probably more time than I should admit. And after the Taylor Swift jacket, Rob, I got caught in the sewing TikTok. And I didn't know that this was a thing, Rob. And you know what I convinced myself? Oh, that's easy. I can do that. So, Rob, today I went to my first sewing class. I signed up for a sewing class. I was there 8.30, bright and early, learning how to sew. Rob, let me tell you, it was a lot more difficult than I expected it to be. It was kind of hard. I couldn't even do it in a straight line. It took me a while. I'm telling you guys this story because just because something looks easy doesn't mean that it is easy. It can still be really, really difficult. And just because some people have an ability to do it doesn't mean that you have the ability to do it. Now, this might be one of the only times that I can use myself in an analogy and Patrick Mahomes. But let me tell you about a tweet that came across my timeline earlier this morning. This is from Randy Mueller, who used to be the general manager of the Cowboys. He tweeted, the Chiefs are now the poster child for not paying wide receivers. Will other teams adopt this mentality, which will bring down the values of a mediocre group of unrestricted free agent wide receivers? couple of things here. Just because the Chiefs can do it doesn't mean that you can do it. The Chiefs have some significant advantages that I'm guessing if you don't cheer for the Chiefs, your team doesn't have. Number one, your team doesn't have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. You got Derek Carr. You telling me you think you can go cheap on wide receiver if you got Derek Carr as your quarterback? You're telling me that you think you can go cheap if you got Will Levis as your starting quarterback? No, you can't. That is an awful idea that I would not advise you. And if you do it, I'm telling you, it will end very, very poorly for you. Rob, another reason that the Chiefs can do these things is they have Andy Reid as their head coach, who is one of the best and greatest offensive minds that we have ever seen. Your team doesn't have that. Your team has Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator. You know what you should go do? Get weapons. Do not fool yourself thinking that just because you saw the Chiefs do it, that means that you can do it. Because I am here to report to you, you cannot. You will fail. You will lose. You are already at a coaching disadvantage against the Chiefs. You are already at a quarterback disadvantage against the Chiefs. Don't also compound it by now putting yourself at a weapons disadvantage. Can you win that way? I mean, we've seen the last two Super Bowls. We have seen two teams that have a lot of firepower. Philadelphia last year. They have a secret trick play that no one can stop. They had Miles Sanders last year that ran for 1,200 yards. They have a former Heisman Trophy winner, wide receiver, A.J. Brown, who's a dog. Dallas Goddard at tight end. They had a lot of weapons. It wasn't enough. San Francisco, they got a future Hall of Fame running back in Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, who's actually really good. I know he didn't play like that in the Super Bowl, but I assure you, George Kittle is a very good tight end. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, they had all the weapons in the world. Not enough. You think you're going to do it with less? This is a terrible idea and a terrible strategy. But one 
honestly, that could help the Chiefs. Because if you're telling me now that teams are going to go cheap on wide receiver, if you are a team that's in the market to go buy yourself one of those wide receivers, oh, now we're cooking with grease. I'd be very, very interested in going to pick up one of those cheap wide receivers. I'm going to tell you right now what my off-season vision is for the Kansas City Chiefs. Please go spend money and get yourself a wide receiver. I know it ended up happy. I know what I saw. I saw the confetti. I saw Mahomes. He was smiling. I saw him at Disney World again. I also remember how frustrated he was in November when he looked like he was ready to kill somebody, when he was screaming at anybody every single week and throwing helmets and breaking stuff. I don't know if he wants to go through that again. He talks about how challenging, how trying this year was. You want to know what's challenging about it? No one could catch. So go get yourself a wide receiver, Kansas City. Let's not overthink this. I know at some point here over the next couple of weeks, you guys are going to tell me, well, I mean, they won again. Why do you want a wide receiver? Because I watched the regular season too. Go get a wide receiver. Or, Rob, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. As we preview the offseason, I'm ready for them to spend money on a left tackle. And I like Donovan Smith. I thought Donovan Smith had a good postseason. It's time to go find a long-term solution at the position. So that's where my mindset's going to be as we are heading into this offseason. Obviously, we'll figure out what happens with Chris Jones and Legereus Need. We can wait until Thursday to start having those conversations. Let's wait till the parade is over. But as I saw this tweet come across my timeline, and before we learn more about the Kansas City Royals situation, this is from Randy Mueller, who is a former general manager in the league. He tweets that Kansas City, they are now the poster child for not paying wide receivers. Will other teams adopt and tamp down values of this year's mediocre group of unrestricted free agents? Just because the Chiefs can do it doesn't mean that you can or should do it. It is a losing proposition. And if that is what teams think, hey, look at Kansas City, look at how they're managing with MVS and Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore and Justin Watson, maybe we can do that same thing is when I want Kansas City to swoop in and get Calvin Ridley for the cheap, swoop in and get Michael Pittman Jr. for the cheap, swoop in and grab a very capable. Brandon Ayuk is about to be a free agent. I would love Brandon Ayuk. If you're telling me you got Brandon Ayuk, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and you take a flyer on a mid-round free agent wide receiver or a mid-round free agent or draft pick, sign me up. I'm here. I'm there. You have done more than enough to completely revitalize that passing game for next season. I like that. Don't let the Chiefs fool you. It ain't easy. And it's something that really only one team in the NFL can do. And if you don't have Andy Reid, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes, I'd probably be in the market of trying to get as much firepower and as many weapons as possible. Coming up on the other side, we'll get you ready for the press conference. The Royals are expected at the bottom of the hour to announce where the new stadium will be. That's all coming up. Keep it right here on 610 Sports Radio. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, let's read this text. Because 
I understand that it might be vocal minority, but not everyone is voting yes on this stadium, right? CDOT, I have not heard one single 610 host suggest that this bill might not pass and what could happen if it doesn't. Well, you can do that right now if you would like. If the bill doesn't pass, then they're not going to be in Jackson County anymore. I guess maybe this is the part of this conversation that like, I, I think you guys understand. I don't say that to be condescending, but the Royals are getting a new stadium. <laughs> like, they're getting a new stadium. Now, it might not be exactly where they are going to say it's going to be. Because they're going to tell us where they want it to be here coming up in a bit. But I, I, maybe, maybe I'm naive and maybe I am talking to a real small percentage of people. But, Rob, it seems like at least some people on the text line think that if they vote no on this and it doesn't pass, then the Royals are going to be like, well, hey, maybe we shouldn't move. I, they're, they're moving. I don't know what to tell you. They are moving. Where is that moving going to be would then be the question, but they are moving. The other thing would then be is the Chiefs portion of this. This tax that they are talking about is just, it's not the new stadium tax. I mean, it's certainly part of it, but that's not all that it is. It is also part of renovating Arrowhead Stadium. I also don't think that the Chiefs, if this doesn't pass, and I, I don't think that it's not going to pass, but if it doesn't pass, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be like, oh, well, I mean, I guess we're stuck with this old stadium. I It just, maybe I haven't gone through the ramifications that this doesn't pass is because I don't think that it's not going to pass. I think it is going to pass. Now, I do think it's very fair. I want to hear what they have to say today. This is a really important press conference for the Kansas City Royals to give us some answers. I think there have been a lot of questions about the tax and the stadium and where it's going to be and all of these things. And I don't think they need to answer every question today. Like, I don't need them to answer the parking plan today or how are you going to get people to. I don't need all of those things. Where is it going to be? When do you expect it to be done? How much is it going to cost the taxpayers? Those are very fair questions to ask today. This isn't the final step, but this is a really, really important step in trying to have some measure of understanding what you need before you go to the ballot. I can't tell you guys how to vote. Yes, no, however you feel, but I do think there are some people that are undecided. There are some people that are like me, and I'm going to vote yes regardless anyway. There's some of you that are going to vote no regardless anyway. You don't care what they got to say today. That's fine. But I think there are maybe way more undecided people on this issue that are, I would say, probably leaning yes just because, I mean, part of it is the Chiefs are asking you for this money, and you're telling the Chiefs no right now? In the middle of being a dynasty, the Chiefs are asking you to do your part, and you're like, no, I don't want to. No, y'all got it. I mean, you were out there standing to watch them play in negative 19 degrees. Now you're not going to give them three-eighths of a sense? Now that's that's a step too far for some of you. So I'm not really worried about this thing not passing, but I do think that it is their responsibility 
to give you answers and a clear picture on what the long-term plan of this is. I mean, this is a structure that is going to be in our city for a long time. I'm talking about this is their new home. This is the new 40, 50, 60-year plan for the Kansas City Royals and where they're going to be located and where you're going to go and take your family and take your kids and take your dog. This is a part of our community. So I do think there is a civic responsibility that they have today. And I don't think that the that the Royals have knocked a lot of things out of the park, no pun intended. I don't think they've knocked a lot of things out of the park in relation to this stadium. Today is their opportunity at a fresh slate. At least that's how I feel. I think this has gone really poorly for the Royals so far on a lot of different ways. I think it has gone poorly with Frank White. I think it has gone poorly in how they communicated. This was a press conference they told us was supposed to happen in September. And now it's finally happening. But this is a really good time. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's hopeful. Everybody's optimistic. People are going to be down at that area and that part of a town before. This is a great day to do it. Tomorrow's the parade. Hey, we're announcing this new thing. Hey, this is the most exciting time there ever is to be a Kansas City sports fan. You got to capture that momentum today, though. You got to. You got to knock this press conference out of the park. And you should leave today as a fan feeling good about what they have to say, feeling good about the future off the field for the Royals. There's a lot of reasons to be hopeful and optimistic about the on the field part of it. They did what they were supposed to do this offseason. They went out and they got Michael Waka and they re-signed Bobby Wood Jr. And you should be thrilled about what they've done on the field. But I don't. it hasn't always been that they've got their business. They've got their business in order. This is show a measure of solidarity and strength and that we do have everything together. Have Frank White sitting right there with you. Shake hands. Hey, I'm happy that we came to this agreement. We're happy about the future of baseball in Kansas City. We want to be in Kansas City for the rest of our lifetime, and this is me doing it. This is me planting our flag. We want to call it Kauffman Stadium. We love Kauffman Stadium, and we want to keep that name alive. We want to have fountains and crowns and we want this to be a place that you want to bring your family. We want to, in the same way that we won championships in the old stadium, we plan on bringing a championship to this new stadium. This is a speech. You are, if you are John Sherman, you are giving a political speech, and this is your rally. Go kill it. Go crush it. Go do it. Go be great. That would be my message to the Royals today. They came to me for advice on what to do. This is, you got a big audience. Every sports talk, every newspaper, I imagine it's going to be on television. This is a big deal. This is one of the biggest things to happen in our city in a while. Like in terms of what they are doing. They're moving the stadium. They're putting it downtown. What is your plan to help the businesses that are going to be affected negatively about this? I mean, some of your favorite businesses or restaurants, are, they're going to close because of this. What is your plan to help those people? you got to address all of that stuff today. Someone asked, oh, will there be a rendering? That is the plan. By the way, for those on social media, as the media, have it out. As the media is gathering, oh. because the media is, in fact, gathering as this 
Press conference will start here around five minutes. You can hear that press conference right here on 6 yeah, Sports Radio. We're going to have it. We have renderings of the Royals Park, the Entertainment District, and its connection to the 18th and Vine District. So, oh, wow. Annie Rogers has some tweets. Our friend John Ketz, who will be on the show later today, has yeah. some tweets. We have, we have tweets of Palooza of renderings as the media is assembling at the Royals Hall of Fame. I got to look at this. I uh, have not seen this, actually. Royals Park is what the renderings say. Will be basically where the star building is now. East Crossroads will be the entertainment district. And there's lots of other little notes and things on that don't work well on radio to say. Oh, this is this is fire. Yep. I'm sitting here looking at this. This is fire. Oh yeah, no, this is exciting. This is really exciting. This is the first time I've seen the rendering. I this is this is real time my reaction. I had not seen this before. This is uh this is very exciting. It's not as close to 18th Nevada as you just made it seem like it was. It's actually no, very... No, it it's marked in the... Yeah, no, yeah. it's very, very far away. But, uh, no, this is uh, this is exciting. I mean, Power and Light right across the street, T-Mobile Center right across the street. I mean, they're not, they're not calling that thing Royals Park, are they? It's Coffin Stadium, right? It has to be Coffin Stadium. What else is it going to be? The Coffin Center? Oh, this is going to be nice. I'm thrilled about this. Somebody said oh, they're going to have to close down Temptations. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a that's a staple in this community. That is an absolute staple in this community. I don't know if we, I don't know if we can. How can we move forward as a city if this is what they do? I don't know how can we move forward. I'm really excited for this press conference. I'm sitting here. I'm reading the uh, stuff from Ann Rogers. And uh, all right, so we got a break. We're going to break. Rob is telling me we have to. When we come back on the other side, we will be live from Kauffman Stadium as the Royals are going to announce their proposed downtown ballpark entertainment district. They are doing that at 2.30. Quote, important details about this project will be shared, including renderings, economic data, and progress towards a lease and community benefits agreement. So the Royals are planning on doing something big here. We'll listen together. Keep it right here. So drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Rob and I are here. We are waiting for the start of the press conference. At Coffin Stadium. If you are unaware that there is a press conference that is about to happen, you know what? Well, let me inform you. The Royals are going to announce their proposed downtown ballpark and entertainment district site in a press conference tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Well, you know what? That tomorrow is today. From the team, quote, important details about this transformative project will be shared, including renderings, economic data, in progress towards lease and community benefits agreement. So the expectation is that the stadium is going to be around 16th and McGee at the old star building. It is going to be across the street from Sprint Center, also going to be across the street from the Power and Light District. I imagine there are a lot of questions like, how is your entertainment district that is downtown? How is that going to incorporate into Power and Light? Is it going to be different? Than power and light. 
Or do you plan on putting money into power and light and maybe not building as extensive of a ballpark village as you were before? Again, there are a lot of questions, I think, to be had about the downtown stadium. And I imagine many of those questions will be asked and answered at some point in today's press conference. Rob is getting it set up. Rob has told me that whenever the press conference is live, we are going to go to the press conference. So I am excited about it. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, I actually like this site. People complaining about infrastructure don't make sense. This is a good thing. It means your city is growing, improving. You know, we'll talk about this on the other side. Let's go live to Kauffman Stadium. And continuing their remarkable run. It's been a remarkable decade for the teams here at the sports complex. I was just thinking that over... The last 10 years, a team at this complex has either been in the World Series or the Super Bowl in six of the last 10 years. Very impressive. So, Well, I don't normally get this assignment, but the last time that I stood at this podium in this room was November of 2019 when Mr. Sherman was uh, officially announced as the new owner of the Royals. And the theme of the day was why was Mr. Sherman handpicked by Mr. Glass as his successor? And now here we are a little over four years after that. And now we're going to find out why one location has was November of 2019 when Mr. Sherman was uh, officially announced as the new owner of the Royals. And the theme of the day was why was Mr. Sherman handpicked by Mr. Glass as his successor? And now here we are a little over four years after that. And now we're going to find out why one location has been handpicked as the future home of the Royals. So we're going to hear from several people today. Uh, from the Royals, Mr. Sherman, Royals Chairman and CEO, Brooke Sherman, Royals President of Business Operations, Sarah Torville, Royals Executive Vice President, Chief Commercial and Community Impact Officer. And we're also going to hear from some members of our are well positioned to speak about the benefits we can expect in Jackson County. Kansas City Sports Commission President and CEO, Kathy Nelson. Heavy Constructors Association of Greater Kansas City CEO, Bridget Williams, President of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, Bob Kendrick, and then, of course, the architect, Earl Santee, Populous Senior Principal, Global Chair, and Founder. And uh, just a couple of housekeeping items. The, the core of what you'll see and hear, um, and most notably the renderings from Earl, will be sent over email in the following minutes. And when all the presentations are complete, Sam Mellinger will come up here and conduct a Q&A. Um, like many of us in the room, I can roll off a lifetime of, of memories at this ballpark. And for me, it goes back almost 30 years when I was here broadcasting for another team and seeing the fountains for the first time, hearing the fountains as the first sound of the day, before the first crack of the bat of batting practice, before the music played, before the first pitch, and, of course, the roar of the crowd uh, during the game. Um, I'm here, full disclosure, 
after a little staycation with my wife, Sarah, who's in the audience, and um, I met Sarah here over 20 years ago when she worked in Kauffman Stadium's old uh, media dining room, working four jobs to put herself through nursing school. And the reason why we're having a, a staycation, spring training begins for me next week, and now with four kids, we will be married 16 years on Friday. So, thank you. So basically what I'm saying is I'm a combination of an excited fan, very interested fan. I'm a, a very excited member of the Kansas City Royals for today. I'm also a Jackson County resident. And so I'm um, very honored that I was asked to be here today as we unveil the future of baseball in Jackson County. And I'm very much looking forward to what the new fountains will sound like. And with that, Let's bring up Royals Chairman and CEO, John Sherman. Thank you, Ryan, and, and thanks, everybody, uh, for being here today. Uh, also want to congratulate the Chiefs. Mark Donovan's here today. Uh, want to congratulate Clark Hunt, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, Mark as well, uh, and our and Royals investor, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, <laughs> I know his day job is keeping him. He's more well-known for his day job, but we appreciate him. Uh, I, I thought the way that the Chiefs uh, won this championship and the way they performed this year was truly inspirational. Dealing with adversity in the regular season, going on the road against great teams in the playoffs, and sealing the deal in the Super Bowl, in a tough Super Bowl, a hard-fought Super Bowl on the biggest stage. I thought this represented the best in team sports. The resilience and grit of this this year's team truly stood out and it's, it's a great example for all of us. The Chiefs' recent success adds to what is a unique time in Kansas City. Our city, our metropolitan area has great momentum. We're in a golden era of sports in Kansas City, but it certainly goes beyond sports. The, the accomplishments are well documented. I won't mention them all here, but starting with a new airport and the recent announcement of six World Cup matches at Arrowhead, including a major quarterfinal in the knockout round, have all added to our momentum and enhanced the Kansas City brand. Thank you, Kathy Nelson. Just last week, we announced the news, the historic news of Bobby Witt Jr.'s commitment to stay with the Royals for the bulk of his career. And we're thrilled with the offseason that J.J. Piccolo has engineered to make our team better now. Today, we're here to add another chapter to this story. I want to start by thanking the Jackson County legislators, the Sports Authority for, put, for, putting, for allowing the voters to, to decide on April 2nd about making an, an important investment in our future community and our two teams. I want to thank Mayor Lucas, I don't know if the mayor's here today, uh, for, his, um, for everything he has done and his vision. I want to thank Frank White, our county executive, for also being here today and all the work that he has done to help get us here today. For over 50 years, we have been in partnership with the Kansas City Chiefs and Jackson County. It has been an effective and forward-looking partnership. There have been a number of times along the way the Chiefs, the Royals, and the County collaborated to make sure that we stayed competitive and kept pace with our peers across the country. In the early days, our founders, Lamar Hunt, 
and Ewing Kaufman working with public officials blazed the trail for those of us who came behind them. We are the beneficiaries of their vision. They did not wait for leases to expire. They focused on the future. The most recent example was a successful referendum in 2006, nine years before the exp expiration of the lease at that time. That extension was a catalyst for this golden era in Kansas City sports. Since then, we've hosted an all-star game, two World Series, five consecutive AFC championship games, the NFL draft, multiple Taylor Swift concerts. <laughs> that might be the most valuable thing. Uh, and more. I, don't, I do not think these things happen without the renovations undertaken for both buildings at that time. We're the second smallest city with both an NFL franchise and a Major League Baseball club. We want to sustain ourselves as a Major League city. We want to make sure that these fran franchises thrive here for the next 50 years. You know, I was a fan and a season ticket holder long before I had the opportunity to be part of ownership. It's a great privilege to be a steward for this franchise, along with the rest of our remarkable ownership group of Kansas Cityans. We understand the importance of these teams to this town. Every day I walk into the K, I feel the weight of responsibility for our team and the impact on Jackson County and greater Kansas City communities. Today, it's probably no secret where we're going if you look up at the picture here, but today we're at a crossroads. In fact, we're here to talk about the crossroads and our intention to make it the new home of the Kansas City Royals. Kansas City is a special place. We have outperformed many of our peers for our care for the heart of our city. Look at the residential growth downtown and the dynamism of the development and redevelopment of the crossroads. The arts, the music, the food and drink. I believe in my gut the timing is right for the Royals to become residents of the crossroads and neighbors to Power and Light, 18th and Vine, and Hospital Hill, helping to further connect the cultural center of our great city. We are thrilled to announce our plans to contribute community dynamics, an incredible fan and stadium experience, and long-term growth to the crossroads a neighborhood ballpark home for the Royals that, were, that will stand strong for the next 50 years here in Jackson County. And we're, and we're happy and excited to build that new home without costing taxpayers a penny more. In fact, the proposal voters will consider on April 2nd will be the exact same tax, but a much better deal. This project will also be a catalyst for the successful completion of the 670 cap and and, and development and expansion of the corresponding park, connecting downtown to the crossroads, T-Mobile Center to the new ballpark, and the creation of an expanded sports and entertainment district. The Chiefs and the Royals are asking the people of Jackson County to continue our partnership, and we know we have to earn and win every single vote. I am not a politician, but I'm gonna be in the community talking about our project. I wanna hear from you, and I believe it's important that you, f you hear from me during this campaign and that you know how committed I am to making sure the Chiefs and the Royals remain at home here in Jackson County. Maybe I, maybe I should end it at that, but... Um, um, 
you know, this, this place has been home to the Chiefs and the Royals for the last 50 years. We've shared Super Bowl wins, Super Bowls, and World Series wins, and you, our fans, our businesses, and our neighbors have stayed committed to this partnership through thick and thin. I am so grateful for the times that the fans have cheered their hearts out for us and stayed loyal. If, if we have one goal, it is to make you, Kansas City, proud of us, both on the field and out in the community, and that's what we will do in our new home for the next 50 years. With that, uh, you know, one of the other great things about Kansas City is that it is a, literally a global center for the not just sports, but engineering, design, and architecture in general. And in sports architecture, it's really, I think, the, I consider it the global capital. And, and here, in, so it's, it's a thrill to be able to do this in Kansas City. It's a thrill to be working with a A-team home team. And Populous in particular is, is, uh, is a world leader in building these buildings around the world. And I think particularly as it relates to ballparks and neighborhood ballparks, which he's going to talk about here in a minute, I think they're the industry leader. Thank you. Right now, we are live at Kauffman Stadium where they, I, Rob, I don't know what you're saying. They have the construction person talking, so we don't need to hear from him. So well, I'm, I'm the, curious what he has to right. say. I want to hear. Let's at least hear the beginning of it. How do we know? You might, I mean, are y'all building more parking garages? I want to hear what he has to say. Everything that K going forward is just not feasible. It's not realistic. And since 2007, we had an independent structural engineer come in, take a look at the K, and identify the initial phase that we call ASR. This has been out in the public, it's been in the media. Um, it just happens to be what it is. It, it causes the concrete to fail at some point. Now, all that means is that in 40 years it may fail, but it's going to fail at some point. So the ability to maintain the current structure is not really feasible. And so since 2009 and beyond, and it's really the way that the industry has changed, is that the expectations and the need from our fan base, our communities, has changed greatly. And currently the K is just not functional to sustain the Royals in the next 40 years. And lastly, the renovated K does not provide the broad community effects that this project and this site could provide to us. Now let me tell you about this site. Now why this site? Why, after a few years, we decided to look at the site? Well, the fact of the matter is, we've always been cognizant of the site. It never went away. It was a site we looked at early on. Uh, we have looked at other sites in the crossroads over time. And this is my 23rd Major League Ballpark site that I've been fortunate enough to work on. It's timing that tends to lead you to the end. And this is the right time, I believe, for this site. It has... Um, I think the key thing, and I do want to mention this clearly to you all, is that the key thing for us is that we've heard all of you say what's important to you. And so looking ahead, it's connecting great neighborhoods in Kansas City is really important. It's how being a good neighbor is really important. And so for us to seamlessly engage this building into the, into the crossroads is important to us, but it's also important to the community. So we've... It is an opportunity that we think is well worth the, the chance of moving forward. So the second thing we've heard is really ease of access. How do we, how do we get there? How do, we, how do we park? Well, here's the unique thing about this site. There are 22 different ways to get here. It's not the six or seven we have at the Truman Sports Complex, but it is 22 different unique ways to get here. So you have 
every chance, every choice to make to get here. And, and virtually the other key thing about this site versus the other sites is that this is the only site we've looked at, I don't know, 14 or 15 sites. We didn't need major highway improvements to make this site work. It works with the city that we have, the transportation city we have. And it works with the amount of parking. Now look at this. This is a comp comparison of the parking area around Jackson County Sports Complex and the ballpark site that we're proposing at the crossroads. And there is more parking in downtown. There's 40,000 spaces in downtown versus the 26,000 we have at, at a Truman Sports Complex. And from a transportation standpoint, the blue box, those are parking areas. There are a lot of parking areas. And parking, surface parking, structure parking. In fact, the crossroad sites, the beauty of the crossroad sites is that we can park all 9,000 people here that we need to park, all 9,000 cars, with existing lots. We're not building new parking for those 9,000. And they're within a 10-minute walk of the ballpark, even better. So it's a very interesting site. In fact, if I had to compare it to other sites I've seen, this is by far the most accessible site we have in Major League Baseball. Now here are the other beautiful parts about this. You know, this is, will be the epicenter of, of really the sports entertainment district for Kansas City. Along with T-Mobile being a, I will say it's sister or it's, it's, it's brother, whatever you may want to call it, right across 670, the relationship to all of the cultural aspects of Kansas City, all again within a 10 minute walk. So very easy way for you to do multiple things in a given day, given evening. And so between the Kauffman Arts Center, uh, T-Mobile Arena, even Municipal Auditorium, Power and Light District, all the other kind of functional event, entertainment, sports activities that happen, the convention center, all that happens within a 10-minute walk. It's just amazing. In fact, I would say this is the most unique site and the most dense sports entertainment site we have in America today. Now let me move forward with really what else makes this site great. It's potential relationship to what we've called KC's Next Great Park. The South Loop cap is an important part of this. In fact, I would say it was it not only put it over the top, it, it added to the overall idea of what this park could be. So it's really the idea of creating a, a ballpark that's part of the neighborhood, part of the community, but also that's a park within a park that feels like it belongs, has belonged forever. So it's a great opportunity. And it's in the cultural heart of the city. So the arts, love the art, we clearly engage with the arts, music, food, all those things will be a part and part of this. And it's connections to the city. Our, our vision was to connect the 18th Street, and that 18th Street would connect all the way to the Negro Leagues Museum, Urban Youth Academy, 18th and Vine, within a 10-minute walk. Sorry, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a, a, a frame for us going forward. But we do want people to walk. We want them to enjoy the city from a pedestrian viewpoint instead of a car going 50 or 60 miles an hour. And it's an important part of the city. And so we've, we've, we've come with a plan, how, a vision for how we would connect the 18th Street with improvement program that would make it literally connect and physically connect to the ballpark site. Now, just a little bit before I go on. It's a 17.3 acre site. The site is bounded by Grand Street to the west, Locust Street to the east, Truman Road to the north, and 17th Street to the south. And what are we going to refer to as the corner of? Truman and Grand. Truman and Grand. There you go. 
So it's a really important way to kind of capture the moment for Kansas City, makes it unique to Kansas City. And it provides really significant developments that we've seen around, uh, around, the, around the United States with MLB parks. But it's also comparable, if you want to think about other comparable cities, San Diego, Denver, Pittsburgh, Minneapolis, where development in urban core cities is, is happening in a way that's it's engaging, it's uplifting, it gives identity to the city. It actually does something that I think would be, it's going to be great, and I'll show you some other, some other images that kind of amplifies the brand of Kansas City in a way that has not been amplified in the past. Here's an image of the Great Park, what we call Casey's Great Park to the south loop cap. As a relationship to T-Mold to the right and the ballpark to the left. And then the view of downtown and really how we're going to seamlessly weave this ballpark into the city and its neighborhood. And that, last but not least, this is a view from inside the ballpark. So it needs to feel like it's Kansas City, quintessentially Kansas City, feels like it's authentic to Kansas City. And when you're in this ballpark, when people see it on TV, they will instantly know you're in Kansas City. Thank you. Right now, we're at Kauffman Stadium. We're listening to everybody, despite what Rob says. Thank you all for being here. Um, it's great to be here today, talk to you more about what will be the largest public-private partnership in the history of Jackson County in Kansas City. The total investment of over $2 billion between that new stadium uh, for the Royals in the crossroads and associated development along with the extension of the 670 cap. Uh, as we said from the beginning, this is about a lot more than just a new home for the Royals. This generational project is intended uh, for something great for Jackson County and Kansas City, baseball and beyond. It'll build on the momentum that we have seen in recent years in our city, as, as John talked about. The economic impact of this project in the crossroads will be the same or better than what we've put forth to you previously, and we look forward to updating you on that as well. The Royals ownership group is wholly committed uh, to this project. As owners, we're prepared to invest privately more than a billion dollars of our own money directly into this project in the crossroads to make it a success. To complement our private investment, we're pleased that the Jackson County Legislature has put the extension of financial support uh, for both the Chiefs and the Royals on the April 2nd ballot of particular assistance uh, to us in getting that measure on the ballot. We're appreciative of the work that was done by Legislator Duran McGee and the Chairman of the Jackson County Sports Complex Authority, Sean Foster, uh, both of whom I think are out there today. Um, as to the sales tax, to be clear, we're not asking for a new tax, rather a continuation of the 3.8 cent sales tax that exists today. We want to extend it for 40 years, supporting both clubs. The same level of tax support that exists today, again, and has worked well since first approved in 2006. Further, in our early negotiations with the county, we've already found ways to save taxpayers money uh, with this. As part of the partnership with the county and the chiefs, we've agreed to eliminate the county's obligation to pay stadium insurance premiums and the park levy to the teams, creating more than $200 million of new economic benefit to Jackson County. In summary, again, as John said, same tax, much better deal. As we get further along in these negotiations and our overall financing plan, we'll certainly update you. 
We know some have asked, uh, why do we have to decide this right now when our current leases don't expire until 2031? These are multi-year projects, and we're about 18 years into a 25-year lease. So the timing makes sense uh, to do this now, consistent with our own history and market norms. Further, stadiums, both MLB and NFL, have evolved. And a new stadium for the Royals, a renovated Arrowhead, was separate, solely dedicated complexes will keep us competitive with our peers and provide fans with the modern amenities and experience that they've come to expect when you look around the country. The timeline required for us, from shovels in the ground to opening day at a new ballpark, requires that we act now for the future of our new home here in Jackson County, here in the crossroads, in the crossroads. There's a lot more work to do, and we've rolled up our sleeves to do it. We're committed to and currently at work negotiating a fair and thoughtful lease agreement. It's important to us that this is done with the community in mind transparently, and that includes with the property owners of the crossroads. We want to be and we will be good neighbors, and that starts with the land assemblage for this project. Those discussions with the property owners are underway, and we look forward to successful, mutually beneficial results. I want to thank the community members and business leaders who are here in support of what we are all working to accomplish. We'll have many, many more conversations about our public-private partnership in the coming months, and I look forward to all of those, working with all of you to make sure that our dollars are spent in the best possible way for the greatest possible benefit of dedicated Royals fans and Jackson County and Kansas City community. Thank you. You're live at Kauffman Stadium right now. Who's the next speaker up? It'll be Sarah Torville, the Royals Executive Vice President and Chief Commercial and Community Impact Officer. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
We've engaged with many of you throughout this process. We feel extremely grateful to have so many supporters in the room today on behalf of our future and the plans we, implant, we plan to embark upon. The Royals have a long history of philanthropic and community impact initiatives. That commitment to our community has fueled our team's spirit for decades. We feel incredible responsible, an incredible responsibility to build on that history and the example that Ewing Kaufman set for the Royals when he brought the team to Kansas City. The Royals ownership group is deeply committed to continuing to be responsible stewards of Jackson County's investment in the team as we've done for almost 50 years. The Crossroads Ballpark District will provide the community with the most benefits. While we're in the process of finalizing the full community benefits agreement, we've centered our goals around these core commitments. We will deliver a world-class neighborhood ballpark district and experience that is accessible and welcoming to all. This means a district that integrates with and elevates Kansas City's urban fabric Incorporating local art and artists will be a priority. The district will spur inclusive growth and job creation, uplift the community, and foster a more equitable and prosperous Kansas City. That commitment includes hiring and working with minority women and veteran-owned businesses and providing those businesses with support. We will complete a union labor agreement, deliver a prevailing wage agreement for workers, and provide workforce training. We will provide development programs, wraparound services, and foster community engagement and outreach with real and measurable results. The third commitment is to continue to nurture Kansas City through our team's intentional, philanthropic, and community impact initiatives. We're doubling down on our commitment to healthy and active lifestyles, investing in literacy programs, school scholarships, and partnerships, supporting service members, veterans, teachers, and healthcare workers. We will continue to provide job training for those with special needs, offer discounted tickets, and of course, host numerous community events. We will drive sustainable impact with responsible and forward-looking neighborhood investments. We'll implement environmental sustainability, solidify housing commitments, and make important neighborhood investments to spur economic growth, both in the Crossroads, the 18th and Vine District, and across Jackson County. This is much more than a ballpark. This is an investment in our community, an investment that'll provide economic growth 365 days a year. The spirit of this project is about connecting Kansas City. It's about providing accessibility and transportation. This is the time to do something transformative. The plan will evolve as we continue to engage with all of you to ensure that the community will reap the greatest benefits. I can promise you the Royals are committed to creating a lasting value in Jackson County and ensuring a legacy that extends well beyond the baseball diamond. I'd like to now welcome Kathy Nelson, President and CEO of Visit KC, and the Sports Commission, and she may be the busiest woman in Kansas City right now. That was Kathy Nelson. She's about to speak right now. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio, KSA, uh, KCSP AM 610.
KC office is at Two Light, and my sports commission office is at Crown Center, and I can walk less than 10 minutes, Earl. I think that's fantastic. I love that. I love this. So keeping the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Royals in Jackson County is essential to continuing the momentum we've seen for Kansas City sports this past year. And think about it, the NFL draft delivering $164 million plus in economic activity in Kansas City is just one example of what sports does for our community. And you mentioned this, John, just the last week alone, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, being awarded six six FIFA World Cup matches, including a quarterfinal. I mean, I don't know about all of you, but I'm still trying to understand what that really means for all of us. And then, of course, Bobby Witt Jr. signing an 11-year contract for Kansas City. It's been a pretty good week uh, for Kansas City, for sure. And then, of course, in just a month, we'll be hosting the first ever soccer match in a purpose-built women's soccer facility in the world, right here. So the international spotlight is on Kansas City like never before. We're receiving accolades from places like Wall Street Journal, who's mentioned us as the top best places to visit in 2024, Lonely Planet's top places to visit in the world, and Travel and Leisure's 50 best places to visit. And that's just three examples in this past year of those international accolades we've received. And then I looked at some of those renderings, and I'm thinking about what would downtown Kansas City be right now without T-Mobile Center? And all of the hundreds of events that have come our way because of that venue, and you add this across the street, does it get any better? No, I mean, this is amazing. So the momentum is now. It is our time to continue to show our Kansas City heart to the world. And we're just getting started to come to, when it comes to the impact sports can have on a community. And we know that sports events and venues can continue to bring development to our community. And it's time for all of us to show up. It's time to get out and vote. It's time to support this project and really time to sh shine and show what we're all about here in Kansas City. Bridget? Well, I was going to try not to use the stairs, but I figured falling on TV would not be good. <laughs> I'm Bridget Williams, CEO of the Heavy Constructors Association um, of Greater Kansas City. And I do first want to thank Duran McGee, Legislator McGee, for having the courage, the foresight, and the strength to write the ordinance and put it on the agenda. For that not happening, we wouldn't be here today. I also want to congr congratulate Mark Donovan um, for the Chiefs victory. I think that helps a lot in terms of how we move forward. I mean, my, my phone is ringing off the hook, like, where's the best place to go for the parade? I'm like, I'm not the parade chief. Call, call Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> but it really was a win and I just have to do one shout out to Isaiah Pacheco. He like he's such a good guy and a good 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 player that I think he gets lost in a lot of the um hype around um the Swifties and um Travis Kelsey. Although we I was love not him. expecting a random um, Isaiah Pacheco shout out. I just want to say that I do have firsthand knowledge of what the benefits are from a private public partnership. 
and they really are tremendous. Having worked um, very closely with the Community Benefits Agreement, the Workforce Agreement, the Collective Bargaining Agreements, um, and then the overall structure of the airport, it impacts the community in a way that many of us in this room do not understand. For those individuals who don't know how to get into the construction industry or don't know where to go to find a good paying job with benefits, the Community Benefits Agreement provides that opportunity. And so it is, it is imperative that on April 2nd that this initiative pass. It's not about Jackson County versus any other place. It's about jobs. And it's about people being able to determine whether, people not having to choose whether or not they pay their light bill or their rent. These jobs matter. And these jobs are the jobs that sustain individuals to live a good quality of life. And without this initiative, without this tax extension, it's likely not going to happen. So from a, just a pure job perspective, it's really important for us to remember the lives that we're impacting while we're trying to move this initiative forward. We um, believe that the short-term jobs in terms of construction um, and the building of the facility and the surrounding area are incredibly important, prevailing wage, um, paying prevailing wage and having those collective bargaining agreements um, will be critical to the, the maintaining of the, the um, project. But as important are the long-term jobs. And there's already a commitment to, um, to negotiate a collective bargaining agreement as well as a community benefits agreement. And so I just want you guys to keep in mind that the thousands of people just in employment that this will benefit matter. And I want to thank John for his foresight and um, courage to bring this to the table now. I mean, I don't know if he talks to Jesus or what happened, but the fact that he, this is happening at a time where we're talking about FIFA, we're talking about um, the Chiefs' victory, we're talking about the parade, we're talking about a new airport, we're talking about I-670, uh, the lid, we're expanding I-70. It's a great time for a downtown baseball stadium. So with that, I just want to say thank you and I encourage you to keep in mind the people that this really impacts. All right, so this is what we're going to do. We are going to take a break. The next person is Bob Kendrick. I love Bob Kendrick. I think he will understand why we had to take a commercial break. We're going to take a commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish the press conference because I really want to hear the Q&A part. So Sam Mellinger, who now does PR for the Royals, 
he is going to administer a, you know, media Q&A. And there's a lot of questions that need to be asked about this whole thing. I want to hear those. We got to take a break, though. So we will probably miss the Bob Kendrick part. I will text them personally and apologize. Bob, I'm sorry we He'll had be to on do Fesco you like... in the morning tomorrow, by the way. Okay, my bad. I, Bob, I'm sorry. My boss is telling I got bosses, too. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We'll get back to the Q&A. We'll react to it. We'll talk Chiefs. But you guys know we got to listen to this press conference. Come right back. It's the drive. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. All right, this is the plan. We are going to go back live to Kaufman. You guys know I don't like press conferences. We don't play a lot of press conferences on this show. But the one where they announce where the stadium is going to be is one that's getting played on this show. They are about to do a Q&A. Sam Mellinger is going to lead it. We'll listen to the Q&A, and then I imagine the press conference is just over anyway. So we don't have to continue listening to it anymore. Mitch Holtis will be on the show at 4 o'clock. We will have live reaction from people that are actually at the press conference. We'll take your calls. This is a really big day in our community. So we're all going to listen to the press conference together, and you're going to like it. and saw the renderings of East Village and, and North KC. I want to know why you guys have chosen this instead of East Village. This looks more complicated with land acquisition and buildings where East Village was pretty much cleared out. What's what's more appealing about this project than what you guys had thought up to the East Village? So uh, Todd's asking uh, why this and not the East Village, right? Yeah, uh, Todd, uh, thanks for the question. Um, you know, the, at the... Um, one of the things I would say is this, um, as this process went a little bit longer than we had hoped, uh, as you would expect, uh, it, it, it allowed time for creative ideas to percolate. And um, 
I would just say that that this uh, this site began to emerge. I, I would say, you know, a combination of some creative people, some some forward thinking, uh, the vision of the mayor, and some real estate people, and then the cattle with the catalyst of the South Loop Park, the lid, and that not only the ability to we think uh, raise the odds and assure its completion, but to expand it east to Locust, and just I think what we've talked about, Todd, just the creation of this. Sports and entertainment district, you know, walking out of the uh, walking out of T-Mobile across the park to the ballpark and vice versa. Uh, I, I I know I'm biased here, but I think between what the Chiefs do out here can do out here with an expanded tailgate experience and what we will do down there, that collectively we'll have some of the best pregame and postgame experiences for our fans in all of sports. But this particular site, I'm looking at it here, uh, really kind of captured that for all of us. All right. Um, the other talk. Uh, this is for John and Brooks. You, Brooks, you mentioned conversations underway with businesses in the crossroads. Can you expand on that? Are those still in the preliminary stages, or um, have you guys had in-depth conversations with with some of those, especially some of the neighborhood establishments that are beloved in that community? Yeah, uh, Todd's asking about uh, conversations with the business owners in the crossroads. Brooks, sure. Uh, what we have done to date is to meet with some of the property owners uh, of this area that we're showing you today. Um, first and foremost, we want to be good neighbors, and that's that's a, a guiding principle of ours to go in to wherever we land, which is here in the crossroads, to go in and be a great part of that community to blend in and enhance. And so we want to start that with being good neighbors and this land assemblage. We have spoken with property owners in there. Those talks are continuing. There's more to do there, but we're going to go in and we want to we want to help in all ways and transact with them in a, in a good way and get this accomplished uh, for the better of the city and for everyone involved. So those will continue. We're underway now. And Todd, I would just add that each of those will be handled on an individual basis. We're committed to having those conversations on ongoing. These are much greater than business transactions. These are about fostering relationships and making it very personal to those individual businesses. Uh, uh, Mike. No, the Royals will be the purchaser of the property. We, we will purchase the property. That's, that's what our intent is with each and every property owner to have those discussions be in a good relationship and in a good uh, process with each and every owner there. We, we will buy it. So we will, you're right. Um, I'm sorry, I, I jumped in. That's all right. So the question is who will buy the property and then, correct. It will be part of our private investment in the public-private partnership. We would buy the land. We would then contribute it to the county uh, as the owner of the stadium and the land. All right. I think, uh, bye. Um, whoever thinks McNeese is the best, I guess, just, just in terms of uh, the investment you guys have already um, declared your intent to do, how does this alter, if at all, the, the amount of investment that the Royals will put into the project? And if I could, Sam, could I have a follow-up? Sure. Uh, I think you're asking how does this uh, how does this site selection alter the private investment in the project compared? Okay. Yep. We're we're looking at this in the same way we have from day one. There's going to be a major private investment 
made in this by our ownership group. So our money into this project, and as I said in, in my remarks, that is expected to be you know, over a billion dollars from us into this project when you think about the stadium, the infrastructure, the development that we will do. Um, we, will, we will have a, a, a major investment in this. Really, the follow-up is probably best for you, Brooks. Uh, you mentioned that you, the urgency, the timing, want to get shovels in the ground as soon as possible. But I, I wonder if you can speak to if there's any complication with the, the needs of preparing for the World Cup in terms of the timing of what you guys would do if this, if this is able to embark. Yeah, Vahe's asking, uh, are there complications with, uh, with the World Cup, basically? Is that right, Vahe? Yeah. Yep. No, we don't. I'll, I'll let Earl kind of chime in here. But uh, as we look at what's necessary with, um, with our construction and the work that will need to go on, there, there would not be any disruption uh, to or from the World Cup for us. The good news, I think, about this site is it is, of all the sites, it is the one that requires the least amount of work relative to transportation, which, as we've looked at this, is, is a key aspect of, of all of this, too. Uh, Sam. <laughs> How many parcels of land are you talking about? We say individual conversations. Is what is the, the ultimate process for acquiring those if you have business owners that, that don't want to sell? Uh, he's asking uh, how many parcels of land are we talking about with the assemblage and what happens if somebody doesn't want to sell? The acreage here is about 18 acres, as, as Earl said. Uh, some of that's roadway that would be a part of the development, so uh, a little bit less than 18 uh, owned by individual property owners. And we will um, be negotiating and discussing uh, those with those property owners directly. That will be us, and we will expect um, to do that from the Royals with each of those individual property owners. And there's probably uh, about 20 property owners uh, in this acreage. And, uh, Kevin. Certainly. Sorry, asking if uh, Sarah can expand on the uh, areas of need. So we said transforming areas of need. Yep. Yeah. So, Sam, I'd encourage you. I mean, first, we'll start with what are the needs of our neighbors in the community of the crossroads. And then, as Bob Kendrick alluded to, the opportunity to enhance 18th and Vine. We've made a significant investment in the Urban Youth Academy. The Negro Leagues Museum is there. We think that community can significantly benefit as we invest further towards east side. And then, of course, the Royals, our philanthropic efforts are focused uh, much broadly, much more broadly across greater Kansas City with a focus on Jackson County. Yeah. Kevin. Um, a couple of quick questions. Uh, how much of the 18 acres do you already have committed? How many, how many <coughs> agreements do you have to acquire? What percentage of that site do you already have under your control? Asking, uh, how many? How, how much of the land do we have right now? Those are those are negotiations that we're in now that are that are underway now, and we would expect to move to acquire those properties, working with the current property owners here in very short order. But that's part of what we are doing today. All right, you've got co-developers already at uh, North Kansas City, the Merrimans, Van Trust, at East Village. Who is going to partner with you on developing both the ballpark and the district? 
We have a number of available partners uh, that we're working with today that we're discussion, in discussions with on that today. So there will be, I mean, we would expect we will have um, a hotel in this development. We will have a hotel partner in the development. Um, our office building will be in the development, and we will work with an office building developer uh, for that, plus an additional building there, an apartment. So there will be there will be multiple partners in there. The Royals will be the lead developer of of all of that um, in in the development that we will put forth. And what role will Cordish have in this project? Cordish. Uh, we don't currently have an agreement with Cordish. We know the Cordishes. We've spoken with them. They're, they are, they've been very good for downtown Kansas City in our estimation. Um, and we, we do have discussions with them. We appreciate what they've done. There's no formal agreement with them today, um, but they are, they're a good developer across the country. They're a very good developer around these ballparks. And we certainly talk to them and, and understand, but there is no formal agreement with them today. They've actually invested in multiple ballparks across the country. I, I think we'd entertain a conversation with them for sure. They're experts. I mean, look at the project that they're doing in Texas. You can point to St. Louis. There's many, many developments. So I would envision that we do, are sitting down. Power and Light District last year attracted over 10 and a half million people. There's clearly a lot of momentum there. Um, I think as part of this process, we're invested in learning from as many people as possible of how to create that vibrant environment here in the ballpark district. We recognize the, the Power and Light District downtown. I mean, that's part of what this is about is, is to build on the momentum of what is already occurring uh, downtown and, and elsewhere, the crossroads. We look to enhance all of that. So the, the Cordish development, the power and light, they will benefit from us. They're, I mean, we welcome conversations with them. We will learn from them. And perhaps they learn from us, but they've done this a number of times. Um, we'll learn from them, but there's no, no formal agreement with them. But they're, they're uh, good people to, to uh, have to talk to. Yeah, right back there on the edge. Uh, right behind you. Sorry, Mike. So you mentioned the uh, 18 acres of land. Do you have an idea on the stadium capacity and the field dimensions? Yes. The stadium capacity. Um, the question was about oh, uh, stadium <laughs> capacity. I was writing it down. Thanks, Brooks. <laughs> stadium capacity and field dimensions. Stadium capacity, we're in the 34, 34 and a half thousand uh, capacity. Field dimensions, we're 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 early days on on that um, we like the K um, and from from a field perspective and the size of that um, but we'll see I don't know John on the field dimensions I, those are still you know I think early discussions you know I think if you think about this ballpark this is a pitcher's ballpark it's a it's a big ballpark and you know we built our team with speed and athleticism and pitching and we kind of like that uh, type of a ball club and you think about a small market but we're still you know it's interesting it's easier to recruit um, to sign free agent pitchers to come here because it's a pitcher's ballpark kind of the opposite of of Coors Field in Denver but uh, sometimes uh, you know you get paid for home runs and guys hit less home runs here so it's on the other side of that it could be an advantage if you move the fence in as it relates to uh, to uh, you know signing free agents that uh, add value with their bat my eyes can't see that far way back in the back 
So just to restate, I th he's asking a question yep. if property owners don't sell. As, as Brooks, you know, I'll double down on what Brooks said. We anticipate reaching a mutually agreeable situation with each of those property owners. Yep. Tom. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask a little bit about the concept of a ballpark district as it relates to this site. In my understanding, the thesis of a district is the teams like the Royals can own the land, benefit from the land, and create community benefits from developing a wide area of acreage. Um, by comparison, this seems to kind of plug into what's already there with Power Light and T-Mobile Center. Why is this now a model that the Royals uh, would prefer to move forward with? I'll uh, start doing my job again. He's, he's asking uh, <laughs> the... <laughs> the benefits of the development here uh, versus some other sites. Brooks. Well, you know, as I sit here and look at this this picture, um, it's beautiful, by the way, but the uh, the power and light will benefit from us being here. We will bring two, hopefully three million fans um, to the ballpark. We want them to come early and stay late. And we're going to build a development that will also benefit from that. We're going to build a development that has apartments, uh, that'll have a hotel, that'll have commercial office tower. Um, and we'll have retail, food, beverage, and entertainment there um, in our development. So our development's going to benefit from that. We think we will draw from the P&L. We think we're a connector to the crossroads. The crossroads is a great area with a lot of businesses that do well today. And we think our presence, our bringing those two to three million people enhances that. And that's great because that's what we're after is to, is to benefit the entire community and lift up what's already going on there. We'll benefit from that, no doubt about it. But we're happy that to come down there, there there's a lot to go around here and enhance the entire region. Yeah, I would also say it's an opportunity to be additive, you know, in comparison to the East Village site you'd be creating a distinct separate destination. So as residents and fans, we be, become accustomed to going to the crossroads, to going to power and light. Why take away from what's already been so successful as opposed to just continue to focus on enhancing it? You know, I think I would just say this, one of the things really cool about this, and maybe Earl has certainly talked to us about this, if you, and there's another picture that even shows it better from inside the ballpark, but if you look at this development, we really wrap around the ballpark, and if you're in that ballpark, it has a has a really great feeling of intimacy, you know. And you you know you have uh, residential and hotel, and you have rooftop stuff, but it really kind of expands what what the ballpark is and what what you feel like inside. And I, I would I would just think it has an intimate feeling to it. Yeah. So what I told him before about this site was that what's interesting to me was. Um, We've done a lot of ballparks across the country, and a lot of the a lot of development was done after the ballparks were, were, were built. So Coors Field developed a project called McGregor Square. It's three acres, three acres, 800,000 square feet. Now, if you go there, you don't feel like it's 800,000 square feet, but it does it does create a sense of place that it's unique to that location. And really, for the fan base we're designing to, is not necessarily the fan base that's only going to go there for a baseball game. We're designing for people that want to go and do other things. So the connected experiences are really important. So we have to find a way to complement the surrounding community. If there are other retail shops outside, we want we want folks to come early and stay late. And frankly, there's 42,000 people that live within walking distance, not, not quite 10 minutes, but within walking distance, right? And so the, the idea is that, and I think John said up front, is that it is a neighborhood ballpark. The idea is that we are going to connect it to the community in a way that they feel like it's, it belongs there. It's always belonged there. It belongs to them. 
And I think that's a really important part of what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, whether it's, and we, we show it on the right side of this image, but that, there's a good image of it. But the idea of it is, is that uh, we have to seamlessly integrate the development into the ballpark so it feels like it's part of the ballpark. And it creates a very intimate feeling. In fact, you'll feel like, well, somebody will say, well, the, the right field porch is too short. Well, it's probably could be as long as it wants to be, but, but because I have all those buildings in the outfield, it's going to feel exceptionally intimate to the fans. So it also will have a, a way that it's going to change how we think and view sports uh, in Kansas City, which I think is, uh, for us, this is a changing industry, but it's also the future of the sport. All right, uh, Tom. Hey, uh, Brooks, earlier, John, I had something for you guys. Brooks, you mentioned in August it wasn't going to be Kaufman anymore. Is that still the, the plan? You're going to sell naming rights? Todd's asking about uh, naming rights for the new stadium. I don't know that I ever said it wouldn't be Kaufman. Um, but, you know, that that's just something that, that we would do um, and look to do is to have a stadium that does have naming rights. But I think if, if I'm remembering right, what I did say, there's a way to incorporate uh, Kaufman into whatever we do. Uh, Ewing Kaufman is an incredibly important um, person for the Royals, obviously, and anything we can do to maintain that honor, uh, we will. Can I just add, I think it's also important to note that um, as the industry changes, we need to look at capturing revenue in different ways. All the revenue that we're able to bring in actually goes directly on the field to put you know, better player, better performance, and compete for a championship. Thank you. And then, Earl, um, it looks like the the exit to uh, on, I guess it would be not Locust, but Oak Street is probably going to be closed because there's going to be a stadium there now, right? Like, what what is in the design? Because that's going to make it a little more difficult for people coming from eastern Jackson County. Is there something in the design about, you know, trying to get the traffic that might be coming from Lee Summit and parts east on I-70? question is about highway access to the stadium. Yep, Earl. I think I think for us we thought they would come up 71, you know, off at 23rd Street, and come in from the south. Okay. And John, you, Legacy's been a big thing for you on this whole time. You, you've talked about Legacy from the beginning uh, with this project. Why do you feel like this is the right project for that Legacy you want to leave? Why is this the right project? Go ahead, John. This particular project, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know if I I call it Legacy, but I, I that's a good word. I I think when when we but I will tell you, when we acquired the team, um, you know, going back to Ewing Kaufman, right? Um, and, I, and I'm certainly steeped in the history of all that he did to make sure this team stayed here. And, you know, after we acquired the team, uh, a lot of people say thank you for keeping the team here. Well, the team was much more at risk, you know, years and years ago. And all that he did to, to try to make sure that it stayed here. And so... Um, and David Glass actually had a, I think he had a, a financial penalty if he ever tried to move it. And that, that eventually wound down. And he didn't have that when we acquired the team from him. But when he made, you know, he made that call to me in 2019 and gave us exclusive rights to buy this team without, in, in exclusive, without auctioning the team, that was in the spirit of Ewing Kaufman, right? So, so when I think about... Um, our primary obje first objective is to win baseball game. That's the core business, right? Excite our fans and do great things in the community. But the second, but the most important thing and our, our 
investor group feels felt like this would be the most important thing we do and that was to secure the future in kansas city and make sure this team and in this case make sure both these storied franchises stay here for a long time this one i think to answer your question um i think it just captures it in a lot of ways it's in the heart of the city i love the spirit of you know brenda and bob and kathy and the, the way that we talk about all the things that we can do in a community that goes beyond the ballpark and goes beyond 81 nights a year. And I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, we, when we turn this over someday to other good people that will have the opportunity to be the stewards of this, we want to be proud. We want to we we leave this franchise in a better place than it was when we got it. And I'm not saying it was bad when we got it, but uh, we had lost 100 games two years in a row, I will. Uh, but... but um, so I guess, I guess it's more from losing. that perspective. The legacy is securing the future in Kansas City and really listening to the community as to what's important. But I do know in small markets like this, these franchises are more important than they are. And, you know, I was sitting with, uh, I was at an owner's meeting this week and the Mets owner and even the Phoenix uh, Diamondbacks, you know, he said, you know, John, your teams are really, Phoenix, it's important to Phoenix, but it's not that important, right? But these teams are really important to communities like this and that's what this is all about we're trying to listen to people but but just to you know i love this location i think i think if you think about the park and you think about walking north uh, into power and light or walking south into the crossroads or walking into the into the park or out of the park uh, to restaurants to bars whatever this is what this is really what baseball is all about. You go back to the original ballparks, right? There were neighborhood ballparks that the neighborhoods kind of grew up around them. Even my dad grew up in Brooklyn, so Ebbets Field, you know, yep. he uh, he knew he knew whether they'd won or not by the by the sounds of the crowd on the on the streetcar coming home at night. But uh, but anyway, I don't know if I answered your question, but uh, this one I just think this really hunts, especially uh, when you think about the cap in the park. All right, we um, are. Hold on. Okay, hold on, Mike. Uh, we are over an hour, um, and everybody up here is going to be available um, afterward for questions as well. So let's finish with Mike and Kevin. Thanks. The uh, current uh, crime plan for the cap is four blocks. It's about $200 million. Bucks. They, still, they don't have all the money yet. You're talking about extending it three more blocks. So I figure, using my math skills, that's $150 million. Who's going to pay for that? How's it going to be done? How's it going to be coordinated? He's asking about the, the cap extension. Who's going to pay for that? Right, that's what I said. <laughs> Who's going to pay for the cap extension? You know, what this project provides, one, is, is the catalyst to get that park, the original park, complete, we believe. And with this kind of investment uh, that we would be making in the stadium and the development, we think there's a way that we'll get there with the financing um, to get the rest of that done for another three blocks to get it connected. Um, you know, the, the, the first one is underway, um, but again, we're the catalyst, we think, to see that complete, and we think it'll be enough momentum to see the financing come uh, for that. We'll see. I think it could be a combination, um, but we're, we're, we're at work on all of this right now, and we, we have... Um, a lot of confidence that this is a project that gets done. If the cap doesn't get done? 
Yeah, no, I mean, we, again, we think it gets done, okay? The, the, the original and that gets done. The, you see the bridge that we have going across to T-Mobile. That's a good connector. The park, though, is, is that, that'll happen. We, we have good confidence that that'll happen. All right, finish it up, Kevin. So I was going to ask about the, the deck, but the, just one quick basic question. When do you hope to have this thing open and people playing baseball? Yeah. April of 2028. That's opening day. All right. Okay, guys, um, for those who are interested, we got uh, more opportunities for questions. Interesting. I was surprised it took that long to get to that question. When is the stadium going to be open? Opening day of 2028 is their plan for the stadium. Okay, there was a lot there. We have to take another break. You know what? Let's tell Mitch Holtis. There's, we're fine. We'll talk to Mitch Holtis after the parade. I want to hear you guys. I wrote down, I have three pages of notes off of what we just heard today from the Kansas City Royals. The last thing kind of caught me off guard that they have a date, April of 2028. So countdown. We have three more years of enjoying Kauffman Stadium, and their plan is to move to a brand new shiny ballpark in downtown Kansas City. We will react to it. I saw a list from Channel 9 of some of the businesses that they think could be affected by this. And I think that's the biggest. That was clearly what the media was asking about the most. Hey, there's already things where you are trying to build. What is going to happen to all of these places? We'll talk about that coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. 
Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. This is my initial thought from what we just heard, and I do want to open up phone calls and take your calls, text, etc. about this. I was reading the text line, and the text line, I thought, was pretty much in the lockstep in agreement about one issue that I think today, and there are going to be other issues that pop up. They are moving a baseball stadium from a very open area, the Truman Sports Complex, and they are putting it into a congested area. The number one issue is where there's buildings already there. What is your plan for those buildings? Well, they just told you they still have to buy 18 acres of land for what they want to do. They don't have those deals yet. And the media kept asking the question, hey, well, what if the owner of the building doesn't want to sell? What if? And the Royals didn't really answer those questions. Hey, we want to work together. We want to be a great partner. We want to be in the community. You know, they were saying all the things that companies and business do. And as I am reading the text line, it seemed to be pretty much in agreement. Hey, this is really bad for small business. And it got me thinking. I remember a month ago on this show, Rob, you remember, I kept saying about the NFL, hey, this is really bad for us, the consumer. Hey, they want to continue to take games that they have given us for free this entire time. And now they are putting them essentially on pay-per-view. And the overwhelming sentiment on the text line was, hey, you need to stop complaining about it. The NFL is a big business. This is how big business works. I do not say this to sound callous at all. I live in downtown Kansas City. The exact same thing is going to happen to one of your favorite restaurants. Big business is coming in. The Royals just had an evaluation again. It was $1.2 billion, their evaluation, in a year in which the Royals were terrible. Rob, you don't know how much money the Royals made in 2023? This is before revenue sharing. So this is before they split any of the money. You don't know how much money the Royals made last year? They made $255 million last year, according to Forbes. That is tickets, parking, concessions, That's before they touched $255 million last year. So to answer your question, and to maybe say it in a way that the Royals don't really want to say it because they can't say it that way, if they want the land and your 
favorite small business has the land. They are taking the land. You'll get something out of the deal. I'm not going to say they're going to leave you holding the bag. But if you are, no, I'm not selling under any circumstances. You are not stopping the Royals from getting their stadium. I really don't say this to sound callous. And it really was like a, on the moment on the text line, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, wait, hold on. I remember making this same argument a month ago. And you guys kept telling me to stop being the old man complaining and that the NFL is so big and they're going to do what they're going to do. And we just got to deal with it and live with it. I'm telling you the exact same thing now about this. Like literally the exact same thing. And I don't say it to sound mean. I don't say it to sound bad. But we know what is going to happen here. There are going to be small businesses that are negatively affected by this. This is Amazon coming to the to the neighborhood. You used to go to a small mom and pop store and get your groceries or, you know, buy a CD or you now order from Amazon. So some of those businesses are, hey, some of those businesses are going to take the money and they are going to build another location and it's going to be inconvenient for you. You're going to have to drive to Overland Park to their new company or wherever it's going to be. But I... The media kept asking the question. I get it. It's a very important question. We know what the answer is. They want that space. They have had a whole press conference on where the stadium is going to be. If your business is inside that radius, I would start preparing to find somewhere else. That's just my suggestion. I would strongly suggest and advise you to get on Zillow right now. Or I don't know where you find a commercial retail space. I never looked one before. But that is what you are about to do. And some people are going to cash out on this deal. They own the building. And the Royals are about to pay them a lot of money to move. Like they're about to, a lot of money to move. Some people are going to be negatively affected by this because big business is about to happen. And a $1.2 billion company wants your parking lot, they're taking it. <laughs> like, they are taking it. Someone says, CDOT, television deals and what network or show is a terrible example of how small businesses get thrown out of their homes and place of work. This is blank for those people. The NFL has a deal with Amazon. All I'm saying is it, we all support Amazon in some capacity. This is, a, this is exactly Amazon's plan. They are now doing it on television. That's what they did with small businesses. They ate up your small business and became your small business. This is what Walmart did. This is, this is the same. This is just on a much bigger scale right now than that scale. That's all I'm saying. I agree with you. One is, hey, pay the five, pay the ten. I'm just saying that this is the same thing, just times ten, times fifteen, times twenty. It sucks. It is unfortunate, but... They are going to take your property, eminent domain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you guys can't agree. You about to lose. <laughs> you are about to lose in this scenario. You guys can call in, 913-586-7610, based on what you heard the Royals just say. I have a lot of notes off of what we just heard because they said a lot. The new stadium, opening day, April 2028. We only have four more years of enjoying Kauffman Stadium. We'll take your phone calls and continue to react to their press conference. Keep right here. So drive.
Welcome back to The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. A lot of things that we just heard from the Kansas City Royals. Rob, I, I, I feel like in these moments, my commentary makes it sound like I am like super pro Royals and I'm in the pocket for the Royals. And I assure you that I am not. And it does come from a place as someone who plans on voting yes for this. And I try to respect your right to say no. Like that's what democracy is. When you go in that voting booth, when you go to the voting box, it is your choice, your decision to make whether you want to vote yes or no. But I do hear them say certain things, and I know they can't say it maybe the way that I can or you can or the text line or whomever. Like, they got to say it more buttoned up and more PC. But every time I hear John Sherman talk, he basically says this. This is the cost of having a professional baseball team. One of the first things he said, Rob, today was, we are the second smallest city in the country that has an NFL team and a Major League Baseball team. The second smallest. This ain't New York. This ain't Chicago. This is We are really fortunate to be in this position that you have an NFL team and a Major League Baseball team. Hey, we got to do more. We all understand the economic limitations of their sport and what they're dealing with in comparison to their counterparts and their peers. It's different struggles than the Kansas City Chiefs face because of the economics of the sport that the Chiefs play. So when I hear him say that, hey, we're the second smallest market that has this, and he keeps talking about the tax and how the tax is important. If I was the Royals and I told them this privately from the beginning, you guys should have been hammering the, we are not trying to increase your taxes. This is an extension of what you already are paying. Rob, I still haven't heard this number. We had the mayor of Kansas City on, and I asked him this. What is the average person in Jackson County every year pay into the stadium on their three-eighths of a cent sales tax? How have they not had that number to hand to the – because I keep hearing people say, I don't want to pay for your stadium. I don't want to pay for your stadium. Okay, and that's fair. But then I see some numbers like the average person pays $140. That's what we're arguing over right now, $140 to keep the stadium in downtown Kansas City, to keep it in Jackson County. That it seems frivolous to me. This is the cost of keeping the Royals. And only you, the voter of Jackson County, can determine if that is something that is really, really important to you. I think for the most part, now I I certainly still have my own questions about all of this process, but the Royals have shown you their hand for the most part. And if you read between the lines of what they're saying, it is obvious. They are building it here. They'll figure it out with the businesses And, hey, we're going to keep giving you information. We got four more years to give you more information. But for the first time ever, Rob, they have told us when the stadium is going to be done, when they plan to be playing baseball in that new stadium, and they have finally landed and agreed on, we're not doing this Clay County, we're not doing this Wyandotte County, this is where the stadium is going to be, this is our plan, and we will continue to give you more information as it's done. I mean, they just said in there, I hadn't heard them say this. I just, I presume this was going to be the case. Hey, inside this radius, there's going to be a brand new hotel that we oversee and we help on the building of this hotel. But 
This is the cost of keeping a major league baseball team in your city. I understand that the Royals have not had success in the last eight, nine years or so. But, Rob, think about some of the great American cities that don't have a baseball team. Nashville. You got you love Nashville. Nashville does not have a major league baseball team. They would happily take the Royals. San Antonio, great city. Portland, great city. There are a lot of cities that do not have a baseball team that would very happily take your baseball team. And having the baseball team is in ways what separates you from some of those cities. You got two major teams. And every time John Sherman has talked about this, I think he has always hinted to the fact of, yo, this is what it costs. This is my question, and I don't know if this got, I didn't hear it get asked during the press conference, but I do find it really interesting, and maybe it's dishonest, how they tell you basically that the stadium is falling apart and they just can't do it anymore. And then I'm thinking, hold on, wait. Like, Fenway's been up since 1912. They haven't built a brand new stadium. Like, how is, how is Boston making it work with that stadium? Rob Dodger Stadium, not new. It's still there. Angel Stadium, still there. Wrigley, still there. Now, I'm not suggesting that Kauffman Stadium is Wrigley or it's Fenway Park, but I mean, let's not make it seem like this stadium is some old, decrepit structure. We just gave you $300 million 20 years ago to add to it. And the Chiefs are not saying this about their stadium. They're saying we need money to keep it going. Hey, you guys love it. We love it. Let's work together to keep it here exactly where it is. But you are not hearing the same tone about the original structure from the Chiefs that you are hearing from the Royals, at least when it comes to the build. They had that guy up there basically to tell you, hey, man, this thing's old. We can't do nothing with it anymore. That was his whole purpose up there. He didn't answer a question. They had him up there to simply tell you, hey, man, it's time. Every time they can tell you, they tell you that something's wrong with the stadium. And I think that's really hard for people to, I guess, maybe process and understand. And I'm part of this, too, so it's not even other people. I think it's hard for you to really process and understand it, knowing how much money they asked for the last time and also seeing how nice of a stadium it is. You know when a place is run down. You know when it's time to get a new stadium. Like, you just know. I've never been to Kauffman Stadium and looked around and was like, oh, no, man. I don't know if this place works anymore. I will say, to defend the – I don't want to sound like a royal shill. To defend the concrete comment, it's very possible when the Chiefs come out within the month or month and a half, when they come out with the news of their innovations, I presume Clark Hunt, Mark Donovan, their power structure are going to have a press conference at some point. I would bet – Pretty good coin. Then their press conference, they bring up some form or fashion in the renovations that they need to do stuff with the concrete. We just don't know because the Chiefs haven't talked about it, but it's still possible they can talk about it. They're going to have a press conference at a future date to talk about their plans for Arrowhead. So it's very possible Arrowhead's in the same boat. We just don't know. This is one thing that I saw multiple people say on the text line that I at least want to clear up because it is not accurate. So someone said, I don't like that they're making it 9,000 seats smaller. That means the prices are going to be through the roof to get in. It's not going to be that much smaller. So I I looked it up because I was actually curious for myself. And I also think it's important to note that they said seating capacity, which we know is not the actual capacity. 
because some of you have bought tickets to a Royals game but did not buy a seat to go to the Royals game. You bought a party porch, and you could just walk around and do whatever you wanted to do. So that is not part of the seating capacity that I believe that they were talking about. So Kauffman Stadium seating capacity is is 37,000, and they just said that the new stadium is going to be around 36,000. So it is going to be a little bit smaller than their current stadium. But I am going to guess. I just I feel very confident. I have not seen all the plans, but I feel very confident that they're going to have enough areas for you to stay in and standing room only and SRO, and you can be at this restaurant and this restaurant that the actual capacity of the stadium is going to be larger than 36,000 people, that it will probably be between 40 and 42 with all the different places that you can just go out there and sit, but you don't necessarily have a seat in 117, row 13, you know, section R or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I also would bet at some point, we're getting more information from the Royals at some point, I would bet they start to, buoy those numbers with hey it's 34 36,000 in the stadium but our entertainment district which is attached holds you know another four so it feels like you know their number rises up the same way we all saw video back in 2014 2015 of people watching the world series from at their cars I imagine that's going to be the same thought process with if their entertainment district or their hotel bar is full they will consider that part of their attendance in some way Someone said he said 34, 35. Did you mark this? Because I, I wrote down 36, but maybe I misheard. Because I remember, I, I believe it was, I, I didn't have the television on. I believe Brooke Sherman said it was 34, 35. And then John Sherman, the owner, came in and said, we expect the capacity to be around 36,000 people. Did you mark that part, Rob? Uh, the It was Brooke Sherman initially said 34. That was the... N- yeah, and then, no. and then John Sherman came in and said 36, right? I think that 36 number includes the SRO and those things of that nature. Okay, so I misunderstood then. Because I thought he was coming in and he just was off on how many seats there were going to be. So it's going to be like 3,000 less seats is what it sounds like. Which to me is... Uh, around 3,000 ne- less seats. Negligible difference. Let's take you guys' phone calls. 913-586-7610. We just heard from the Royals group about what's going to happen. There is one thing, and we'll get back to the Royals here coming up in just a bit. I actually trust them on one part, and it doesn't sound like some of you do. And I'll tell you what that is. Keep right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Back in on The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Carrington here. Rob is here. Is Fesco coming on, Rob? I know we had a plan, and then he had to move, and I wasn't sure at the time. He will be on in 10 minutes. Bob Fesco will join The Drive in 10 minutes. I'm so excited to hear what Bob Fesco has to say about all of this. Maybe this comes from a place of someone who lives downtown, so I just know how to navigate it differently than other people. I know where you can park. I know where you shouldn't park. I know where you, I I just, I know. When there's events going on at the Midland and T-Mobile Center, I know how to avoid the traffic to get to my apartment. Like I, I, I've lived down there for a while now. 
I believe them about the parking, Rob. I believe them. I understand why people don't believe them about the parking. And I understand that they need to continue to do a better job answering about the parking. And I I get all of that, right? I believe them and trust them about the parking. Now, this might be where me and the Royals disagree just a little bit. Like when they say there are 40,000 open parking spaces, I think what I would consider downtown and what they might consider downtown might be drastically different and change the numbers. But I do think that they are going to be able to accommodate you if you want to go to the downtown stadium. I do think they'll be able to accommodate you. Now, I don't know entirely what that plan is going to be, and I'm going to guess that you're probably going to have to create some more parking garages than you already have. But I don't think the parking issue is going to be nearly as bad as people have made it seem. Number one, not many, or not as many people go to Royals games on a game-by-game basis than I think we make it seem like any time we have this conversation. Because any time we have this conversation, we paint it like every night is sold out at Kauffman Stadium. Well, I've seen and watched a lot of Royals games in my day, and we all know that's not the case. Now, I'm not going to say that there aren't going to be some games that are worse than others, because obviously... I mean, having this new, brand-new, renovated renovated stadium, I mean, that will give us the All-Star game, I would guess, in the next 10 years. I would guess in the next 10 years the All-Star game comes back. If they're going to get a new stadium in the next four years, and you know that baseball is going to want to showcase this and show it off with all the excitement and buzz around Kansas City, Super Bowl, World Cup, new stadium, I feel pretty confident that we will be back in the rotation again. It will then be what? 20 years probably around that time that you haven't had the all-star game makes sense to me that they would get another opportunity that comes back around to them getting the stadium. So you're going to have those days. Eventually they play in a postseason game. I feel pretty confident in saying that Bobby Wood Jr. at some point in his career will play a postseason game at that stadium with the Royals for the length of his deal for how many teams now make it. I think Bobby Wood Jr. will have a chance to play in a postseason game. So there's certainly going to be some nights, some events, some things down there. The average attendance is 25,000 people goes to a game. I mean, that's in a, in a decent year, 25,000 people go. I think they'll be able to figure the parking out a little bit better than any time. The what about parking? Where do we park? Where should we park? I think people will be okay. I pulled the cut. He said no new parking structures. Uh, Earl Santee, he's the construction person. I feel like I don't know downtown as well as you. I don't pretend to. I've never been the downtown expert on the show. But every time I go downtown for a event at Sprint Center, like a concert or a basketball game, or I'm in the crossroads for a date night, or you know I'm getting married in the crossroads in about four months, I know that I'm in the crossroads a decent amount. I have friends who live north of the river uh, in River Market area. I I've take, gone to Bar K before. I know the whole downtown area pretty well. Parking is not nearly the issue people think it is. People just like the notion of a wide open parking structure because that's what they're used to. But I promise if the stadium is the old star building, you can park at the Kaufman Center on the street, grab town topic and walk to the stadium and get a beer at three or four bars on the way. It is not going to be a problem. I would bet right now the average Chiefs fan parks farther at Arrowhead to walk to a game than they will if the stadium's downtown for the Royals. Like, what do you think's further? Parking out by the practice facility at Arrowhead to walk to a Chiefs game or parking at Grinders to walk to the KC Star building? Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, you're right. So 
I think people just like to complain because they like to complain, but I imagine parking is actually going to be better. It's just more dispersed. It's the same walking time. I, I think a lot of this just comes down to, and we could take calls on this. I'm happy to take them. 913-586-7610. It's new and it's different. And we hate new and different. Some of you hated the idea of the airport. I was here, hated the idea. Why do we need new restaurants? Why do we need new plug outlets? Why do we need any of this? I just want to get on the plane. That was an overwhelming sentiment in the city. How great the old airport was and how we didn't need this new airport and how this was a waste of everyone's time and how it was going to be so terrible to fly out of there. It's not. It's better in almost every way than the old one. It is vastly improved from the other one. This is new and different. Some of you hated the idea of Sprint Center. I hated the idea for the Sprint Center. It is better. Like, it is better than what we had. I think this is going to be better. I feel pretty confident in saying it will be better. And Kaufman is amazing. But, Rob, you've been to Coors Field, right, in downtown Denver. I just don't know how you go to Coors Field and then not want that in your city. Everything that comes with it. And I know you go to the baseball game. You don't care about anything. You don't want to eat at the baseball game. You don't want to have fun. You just want to watch Royals baseball and drive straight home. Some of us don't feel that way about the baseball game. Like I, I don't feel, I want all the other things that come with the game. I like walking around the stadium. I like seeing this stuff. I like that. There's a carousel for the kid. I like if the Royals are getting thumped in the fifth inning, I can go across the street and still have a good time. I enjoy that. We just have to acknowledge in Kansas City that we hate new and different. But if you want Kansas City to be progressive, which I imagine a lot of you listening want it to be, it's going to come at some cost and some uncomfort. And them moving the stadium is one of the biggest changes of our lifetime. The stadium just, or excuse me, the airport just moved across the street. It, that's, it just moved across the street. You don't have to drive anywhere different. It, it moved across the street. This is one of the biggest changes of our life to where we are. I mean, even when they built the, the Sprint Center, when they built, people didn't really live down there. Rob, that was not a thing when you and I were kids. You didn't go to downtown to hang out. You didn't, you didn't do any of those things. This is one of the biggest changes of our lifetime and what they're doing in putting the stadium where it is. And I, it feels like one of the things that once we get it and you see how cool it is, wow, this is great. I can't believe I was against this. I'm really happy that we have this. And I think they are going to take a lot of the things that we love and appreciate about Kaufman and they are going to incorporate this into the park. They're going to have fountains. They're going to have an incredible crown vision. They're going to do the hot dog derby. It's going to be cool. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Bob Fesco of Fesco in the Morning. Keep right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT on 610 Sports Radio. I want to say this before we bring Bob Fesco onto the show today. 
The one part that I'm willing to fully trust the Royals on is when it comes to the parking. Now, maybe this is naive of me to feel. I just don't know if you can put $2 billion into something the way that they are talking about with the stadium and all the things around the stadium. And you can do this in a place that is as car dependent as Kansas City. This is not Chicago. Like, Rob, you and I know people that live in some of these bigger cities that do not have a car, but still get around and get to work. And it just, hey, I have a train pass. I do all of these things. I do not own a car. Danny didn't own a car for the first two years he lived in Chicago. They didn't have kids yet. They just took the train. I just find it hard to believe that I guess I, 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 I trust them that they, they know where they're building the stadium, that they're not going to have some plan when it comes to parking. I just don't think the plan is going to be, hey, you guys figure it out. I think they're going to at least try to figure out some of it. Now, it at times might not be the most ideal plan that we have ever heard. But I, I mean, you're building a $2 billion structure in downtown Kansas City. I just, I think they're going to have some plan, some idea, and I think we're going to hear more and more of it. Hey, you can park here and there's going to be a bus that picks you up. Rob, I've been to enough KU basketball games. I know where you can park that's not right next to Allen Fieldhouse and they will drop you off right in the front of Allen Fieldhouse free of charge. It's great. I love it. I just think they'll have a plan. I'm willing to, of all the things that we might have questions about when it comes to the stadium, that's just, that's down the list for me. I wonder where Bob Fesco is on this. Fesco from Fesco in the morning. How are you doing today? There's, there's no debate that I hate more than the stupid parking conversation. It is the most antiquated conversation that we've had. They're not going to build something and not have the ability for people to park their car. Yes, you may not park right in front of the stadium, but you're going to have a parking spot. I mean, th- think about it this way. When you went to the World Series and the ALCS and all that, all those big events at Kauffman Stadium, if you parked out in Lot C or Lot D at the Truman Sports Complex, you walked further than the majority majority of parking spots are going to be to the new downtown stadium. And when they were originally planning the downtown stadium years ago, Carrington, they, they talked about building it just south of the Kaufman Center and have the streetcar kind of run underneath it and over, have a deck over the streetcar. Like those are some of the plans that they talked about years ago. And when they talked about that, they said within like a quarter mile, there were 25,000 parking spots available. So there's plenty of parking. People just aren't familiar with it. And so they go, there's nowhere to park. And then they scream and then they yell and then they bah, and they run away. So there's going to be plenty of places to park. The other dirty little secret is the plaza has a lot of free parking and the streetcar is going to be running there by that time. Park in the plaza for free. Ride the streetcar down for free. You don't even have to pay for parking. Bob, I will say this, and you and I both know this. You've lived in this city long enough. I mean, it is one thing that gets us all up in arms. I know I feel this whenever I go somewhere. You're like, wait, I got to pay to park in Kansas City? Like, I will drive around for 15 minutes when it's like, Carrington, why don't you just pay the $5 to park right there? It, it, I don't know what it is. It is just in our DNA to be very upset about parking. No, I, I know, but it it, it, it like it, it stops the progress. People look at parking, but I can't park, and so I don't want this. You know, people complained about the airport, I mean, for God's sakes. Like, there are just some people who are against progress, period. And if, and if we're going to continue to grow this city and continue to become a world-class city, like, you know, we heard the, the, the folks talk about today, Kathy Nelson in particular, and then John Sherman talking about, you know, the growth of the city and getting the World Cup here and the NFL draft and all of this stuff. 
yes, sometimes you're going to have to park just a tad further away than you would have liked. And, you know, so, so plan ahead of time. Get out a map, and I'm sure they will be providing plenty of parking maps for people where you can get your map out, find your spot, circle it, punch it into your GPS, go right to your parking spot, and then walk a couple of minutes into the stadium. The walking does good for everybody. It's one of the greatest things you can do for your body is go out for a little bit of a walk. The sun, the vitamin D, the exercise, the stretching of the legs. It's a wonderful experience. Bob, how much of this is that the stadium idea is just new? I mean, the way that they have the stadium set up is the only stadium set up that many of us know. That when you go Mm -hmm. out there, there's Arrowhead, there's Kaufman, you know they – This is the only thing that we know. I made this point before, you know, we had you on the show. This is one of the biggest changes in our lifetime. I I know that they just put a brand new airport. They moved the airport right across the street. Like, that was not much of a change for anybody. You didn't have to drive anywhere different. It it, It was almost the same process that it was before. They are taking a pretty massive structure, and they are changing an entire community around it. I mean, this is one of the biggest decisions. How much do you think people's opposition to this is simply this is new and it's changed and human beings just don't like change? Well, I was telling Rob earlier, people get mad when they put up a new Applebee's in Johnson County and, and they allow you to paint your house a different color of beige out here. So I, I understand why people don't like change and I get all that. But at the end of the day, change for the most part is good and it's needed. People fight change all the time, whether it's in your daily life or, you know, like like today you got a road closed. You got to go a different way to work. Well, that's change. You don't like it because it gets in the way of what you're used to and what, what you know, what you perceive normal. But, it, but it's time to take Kansas City to the next level. I mean, there's been talk of this downtown stadium since 2001 when it was supposed to be a 20th and grand. And David Glass, you know, said, you know, he didn't want to be the catalyst for the redevelopment of downtown. He just didn't want to pay for it. Um, so. I, I think th- this has always been on the map. It's something that's needed to happen for a very long time because, you know, Kauffman Stadium has just outgrown its usefulness right now. And and I've been fortunate enough to do a baseball trip with my buddies every year. We go to a different ballpark. So I've been to a good majority you know, of these ballparks over the last 20 or so years. And, and you see what a downtown stadium does and how it changes the environment in the city. And, and how people just absolutely love hanging out at the bars, and it, and it creates jobs, it creates money, it creates a better living experience, you know, for those who live downtown. And, and, and I will say this, and I, and I hate to be this callous, but if it's something that you don't seemingly like or something that doesn't work for you, then don't go, because not everything in this world is for everybody. And, and because you don't like it doesn't mean somebody else does. And, you know, people say all the time, no one likes this idea. And my response is, did you interview everybody in America to, to make sure that nobody likes this plan? Because we only hear from the people who are against these things. And, and I believe that for every one person that's screaming and yelling that they're against it, there's 10 people that are just quiet. They like the idea and they can't wait for the new downtown ballpark to open or whatever is that new item in your town or, or, or your city. Right now, we're talking to Bob Fesco of Fesco in the Morning. Fesco, I don't think we've had this conversation in a while. I think this is going to pass. I do think a major reason of this passing is I think at some point the Chiefs put together a campaign to make sure that it passes. Hey, you guys did 80% of the work, Kansas City Royals. Let us do the other 20. Let's have Paul Rudd cut a promo. Let's have Patrick Mahomes cut a promo. Hey, you guys love Arrowhead. We want to continue to keep Arrowhead for the next 40 years. That's part of this as well. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if you think that this plan, so the Royals plan that they have today, I'm wondering if you think that plan could stand on its own or is it a plan that needs the Chiefs backing in order to pass? 
Well, I, I think it needs the Chiefs backing. And the Arrowhead one, from what I understand, is only going to be a 25-year lease extension uh, at, at Arrowhead for the Chiefs. 40 years for the Royals is what I, I've been hearing on this. And they may have changed that because everything has changed constantly, you know, with this project. I don't need Paul Rudd to cut us. But all Patrick Mahomes has to do is say, go vote for this now. And everybody will go, okay, Patrick said so, and we could go out there. You know, and do that. But, you know, from from where I stand, I love the Royals plan. I'm not 100 percent sold on what the Chiefs are going to do, number one, because they really haven't told us what they were going to do. And then listening to the gentleman talk about the concrete decaying at Kauffman Stadium, well, Arrowhead's the same years old. I mean, so if the concrete's decaying at Arrowhead or at Kauffman, wouldn't it be decaying at Arrowhead, too? So I, I just I just think the best thing, what, what my plan would have been for the Chiefs is to build their new stadium with a roof where Kaufman is right now and then do their village where their stadium is right now but that's something that they've they've chosen not to do so uh that goes on 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 the back burner but do I think the Royals would have passed this plan by themselves no I don't now if they were winning and had the success that the Chiefs did and the Chiefs were you know where the Royals are right now then I think the the Chiefs would need the Royals to help get theirs passed so it works together you know but I, I love what the Royals are doing I really like this site you know, where, where it is right now and looking at the pictures and seeing the roof over 670 and, you know, extending the entertainment district to incorporate 18th and Vine. Like, I love the way that the Royals are building that synergy within the downtown, you know, area, because that's the last piece to tie this whole thing together in downtown Kansas City. And, and I absolutely love the plan that the Royals have rolled out. Right now we're talking to Right now we're talking about Fesco of Fesco in the morning, getting his thoughts on the press conference that we just had from the Kansas City Royals as they have announced where the new downtown stadium is going to be around 16th and McGee. Bob, I think the big part of the conversation today regarding the stadium is the unfortunate. I know the Royals didn't want to come out and say it, but you and I both know this. If you are making billion-dollar deals, somebody is going to be mad, and it's usually going to be the little guy who is mad. There are going to be some small businesses that are negatively impacted in this deal. It just always is. I mean, they uh-huh. said that they need 18 more acres of land. You're telling me that they're going to 100% agree on how to get these 18 acres of land? No. Somebody's small business is going to be affected, and it's just hard for me to look at this other than this is just big business that always wins in this country. We already know that capitalism is king, and in this, I guess, debate, you have one company that is worth $1.2 billion, and you have random small business in Kansas City. We know who's winning that fight. Well, yeah, and, and I hope those small businesses get paid a nice chunk of change to say see you later because what I had heard at, at one point is well over 100 different businesses had to be eminent domain for this kind of site to work, and that just does happen. And Carrington, you're the one who, who always says it, and I, I love it, is that like if big business wants to get something done, it gets done. They just, they just don't care. It happens. And so I understand, yeah, there will be businesses that do get eminent domain from this, and you know, I, I guess you can say you're you're getting a check out of it, or maybe you can move and open something new and work out some sort of deal with the you know the Royals or the city to help pay for that kind of stuff. I don't know how any of that works, right? But I do know you're right about that. There will be businesses that do go out of business because of this, but that seemingly happens all the time. Bob, why didn't you and I have the foresight to just buy a random parking lot in downtown Kansas City like 15 years ago? You know, I, I've actually thought about that. I've talked <laughs> about that with Jason Nivens of The Rock a lot. Like, you know, but he hates surface parking, so he would never go and say, "Yeah, I'm going to buy one of those," because they do. They take up a lot of land and and whatnot, and basically sit empty the majority of the time. So, yeah, I, I know. You know, I wish I would have had stock in Apple in 1985. I wish I would have had you know a downtown parking lot and, and the the ability to win the lottery too.
That is our guy, Bob Fesco, joining us on the show today. Bob, where are you going to be tomorrow for the parade? Uh, we are going to be in studio for the parade tomorrow, and uh, we're going to be anchoring coverage from back there and, and doing uh, doing our thing from uh, 7,000 Squib Road. Bob, how? Bob, you're you're the man around town. You're telling me Kathy Nelson couldn't put you on that flow. Bob, you didn't try very hard to be in the parade, because if there's anybody I know that could have been in the parade, it's you. Hello? Yeah, you there, Bob? Oh, yeah, okay. I thought you cut out. Look, I've asked to be in parades before. I ask every year to be in the parade, and I never get a return phone call. I don't understand why. That's the same thing that happened to me. I text the mayor right after they won, and I said, see you on Wednesday, and he just gave it the little thumbs up. That's all he did. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's all he did. He played me again, Bob Fesco. He played me. We, we we should have a convertible. You and I should be in that convertible. We get the biggest cheers, bigger than Mahomes or Kelsey. Bob, I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Of course, Carrington. See you, bud. Absolutely. That's Bob Fesco joining us on the show today. Rob, you played me. I was looking forward to being in this parade. I was excited about being in this parade. I'm not going to be in the parade, am I? If I if I haven't locked in a parade spot at 4.50 on the Tuesday before, I'm done. This was the mayor on our show two days ago, three days ago. I'm going to call. I'm going to call some people, make sure it's all right. I don't break any, you know, union rules, anything like that by putting you in the parade. I'm, I'm going to try. How about this? I'm going to sound like a politician right now. I will do whatever I can to make sure you can get there. He said, I'm going to call some people. You're the mayor. Who do you need to call if you're the mayor to make that happen? You can't just be like, oh, you and me. You're the mayor. Unbelievable. I feel like you would have known at this point. I saw one of the local TV stations starting coverage at 4.30. I feel like if TV stations are ready to go at 4.30, plans are locked in No, yeah, I, I should have. Yeah, no, I should have. I don't know, man. I should have asked to be part of Fox 4's parade coverage. I don't know if they want me. I mean, it's one thing to have me in the studio. You're going to have me out on the street and let me interview people? I, that could have gone very poorly for Fox 4. I'm a little disappointed they didn't ask me to do that. I would have done it. You only got to pay me. You know what? I'd have done this one pro bono. I'd have done it for free. I'm stunned the Chiefs didn't come to me and say, hey, can you welcome the team to the stage? Your negativity fired us up. <laughs> Rob, I'm serious. If they if they play like a montage and you are included in the montage of things that you said, if you are included, it will be the greatest thing that ever happened in this show. And some cool things have happened to this show. But if they have during the parade, and I'm talking of hundreds of thousands, over a million people hear your Chiefs takes from this season, it'll be the greatest thing that ever happened. I hope they, I, if Patrick Mahomes says your name, and this guy, Rob Brenton of 6'10", and he, oh my goodness, it'll be the, it'll be the best. I mean, think about how perfect it'd be. You play my prediction of picking the Ravens, and then Mitch walks out on the stage and goes, you can doubt the Chiefs. You can hate the Chiefs. But you're going to have to deal with the Chiefs? Perfection. What's happening outside? You feel that? Somebody listen to Jack Harlow outside? Why is the, why is the room shaking? Uh, all right, you know what? We haven't talked a lot of Chiefs today. This Royals news has kind of taken over. Someone was like, how are you talking about the Royals? The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. 
they're going to be the Super Bowl champions for the next 366 days. I Tomorrow, I promise you we will talk about the Chiefs and probably for a lot of days thereafter. But today, you know, the Royals, they're, they're the top story right now. They just announced their stadium. I do want to get this thought out very quickly about yesterday or two days ago, the game, the Super Bowl. Uh, here's what Kyle Shanahan, someone asked Kyle Shanahan about the decision to take the ball first in overtime. Here's what the losing coach said. You know, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. <laughs> How can you hear that playing and feel good about it? The analytics told you, to give the ball. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I, I'm not the best at this. I acknowledge that I am human and sometimes I struggle with this. But I, I think that I am pretty good at being able to see both sides of the argument and understand that life is not black and white. That Sometimes there are areas, shades and gray. And just because I have a take and your take, that doesn't mean that my take is wrong and your take is right. It, there's there's things in the middle. There's degrees of right and wrong. You know, that's life. If you are on team, take the ball first and overtime, you're wrong. I don't care what the analytics say. I don't care about the strategy. There are two overtimes. There is the first half of overtime that both teams get the ball. And the second team clearly has the advantage in that scenario. And then there is the sudden death portion that, yes, if you choose to take the ball first, you could possibly have the advantage in the third overtime. But that means it gets to the third overtime. There is no guarantee of it getting to the third overtime. There is no guarantee that it gets to the second phase of of overtime there's none there's only the guarantee that you get one possession and they get one possession and if you end your possession with anything less than eight points you will not advance or could not advance to the next part of overtime which is the second phase of it that just seems so obvious to me I I genuinely think Kyle Shanahan is a very smart guy I think he is a great coach. I think he is the second best football coach in the world. This logic is mind-numbing to me. And maybe they still would have lost anyway. Like maybe Chiefs go down the field, they score on their first possession, defense gets off the field, and we're not having this conversation anyway. You didn't even give yourself a chance. San Francisco did not give themselves a chance to win the game in overtime. They didn't give themselves a chance. They should have ended the game right then. When they kicked the field goal, the game was over. I knew it was over. You knew it was over. It would have been different if you, it it could have been different. It could have been different if you had just simply kicked in the very, very beginning and got on defense. The logic that you rather have the advantage in the portion of overtime that is not guaranteed, as opposed to having the advantage in the portion that is guaranteed, does not make sense to anybody. And I, I, I believe in analytics as much as anybody else. We try to treat football games like it's blackjack, like it's a simple equation, and we are not factoring in people 
times, circumstances, situations, any of those things. And I just don't know why in any scenario, after you just saw what that man did taking his team down the field, why you would give his team the advantage in the first portion of overtime. It made no sense to me then. It continues to make even less sense. And it's not the reason why the San Francisco 49ers lost, but it is certainly part of why they lost. And there's going to be a parade in Kansas City, Missouri tomorrow. Coming up on the other side, we'll get back to the top stories in Kansas City. And we'll continue to talk about the downtown stadium. The Royals have made their announcement on where the new stadium is going to be. Keep it right here, so drive. I got completely, completely distracted. Congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. It is a drive. I can't believe Rob saw this and didn't tell me about it. Now, we'll get back to very serious things. I have not heard this audio. I just saw it from Star K Media. Shout out to them. Salute. So they tweeted, this is a disgrace. CNN asking now three-time Super Bowl MVP to discuss political conspiracy theories while basking in championship glory at Disneyland. Wait, how did I not hear this? Rob, can we hear this audio? Can we hear what CNN asked Patrick Mahomes? I actually, okay, you said in one minute. I actually did think this as I was listening to Patrick Mahomes answer a lot of questions during Super Bowl media day. I was thinking, you know, my questions to him aren't that bad. The next time we talk to Patrick, which hopefully is this week, I'm going to tell him that, hey, you've done all these interviews. I hope that these interviews that you've done with other people have given you a greater appreciation for the conversations that you and I have. We have great conversations. I love talking to you. I don't ask you nonsense. You should love talking to me. I should be your favorite person to talk to. Stop sitting down with Nate Burleson on, on CBS this morning. Sit down with me. Sit down on the drive. I really can't wait to hear this audio that Rob has pulled up. Again, congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you with all of my heart. I am very excited for tomorrow. I'm very excited to the parade. It is, uh, it is very wild to say that I have worked here at 610 Sports Radio, and this is going to be my fourth parade. Wild. Very wild that I've worked here that long. It's also wild that they have had four parades uh, over the time that I have been here. Very, very crazy. All right. Uh, I promise you this show will get some structure, but we have to hear this together. We have to hear CNN's question of Patrick Mahomes. I have not heard this audio. I have no clue what it is. I've, this is me hearing this in real time. Here's CNN. So you, you might be aware or maybe not aware. There were some wild conspiracy theories that were flying around this season that uh, that the Taylor Swift effect was all scripted to allow Taylor to use the Super Bowl for politics basically so the president himself president biden kind of got in on the joke uh a little there what do you make of just how this has spiraled not just to football but to politics and all these different areas oh boy yeah it's been wild to see i mean i try to focus in on football as much as possible but there's always some conspiracy theories out there i just try to enjoy football my family and uh i gotta stay on social media as much as possible (laughs) yeah that's um I, I would say that that is wise. <laughs> Yo, he's good. Oh, he's really good. Rob, just go back and cut that part. After she asked the question, I'm sorry. That delay was not. He was thinking, like, all right, 
how do I answer this question as politically correct and as nice and quarterbacky as possible? Oh my goodness, Pat. Pat might be even better at interviews than he is on the field. And he is the he, he might be the greatest football player that we have ever seen. He might be the greatest living football player. Tom Brady is still alive. Jerry Rice is still alive. Deion Sanders is still alive. Patrick Mahomes might be greater than all of them. Rob, I didn't even tell you this story. I was walking out of Planet Hollywood at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. This is a hand to God true story. I saw Lawrence Taylor and Dennis Rodman taking shots together. I'm mad I didn't go over there because I wanted to participate in that activity. I was kind of scared. Lawrence Taylor, he seems mean. He's in the conversation of greatest football player of all time. Can you please play the little small part? I just want to hear the delay of how he starts to answer this. He is so good. Yeah, it's been wild to see. I mean, I try to focus in on football as much as possible. <laughs> I'm sorry, that tickled me. That was that was really good. Hey, uh, I mean, what what do you, what do you think about all this conspiracy? I, I'm just, bro, I don't know. I just I play football. I try to hang out with my wife and kids, bro. I don't keep up with none of that nonsense. <laughs> He's funny to me. All right, Rob. You know what? I'll let you pick. Do you want to start with the Royals? And we just get all the Royals stuff. Do you want to just go ahead and knock some Chiefs thoughts out with the Super Bowl? How do you want to do it? You want to do Royals first or you want to do Chiefs first? Well, seeing as John Ketz of Fox 4 joins at the bottom of the hour to talk about that press conference, let's get Chiefs first and then get Royals-centric down the line. Okay. All right. We can do that. I would like to read to you guys a tweet that came across my timeline earlier today, and it tickled me. It honestly tickled me. This is from Randy Mueller. Now, Randy Mueller was the Dallas Cowboys general manager. It was a while ago, but he he's formerly the Dallas Cowboys general manager. So he's a guy that knows football. He tweeted that the Chiefs are now the poster child for not paying a wide receiver, and he wonders if other teams will adopt and bring down the value of this year's mediocre group of free agent wide receivers. I am here to tell you guys that if you are trying to build things the way the Chiefs are building things, then it will probably go very poorly for you. It probably will. You don't have Patrick Mahomes. That's just number one off the top, off the rip. The same way that there was that Patriots way. Remember that Patriots way? Oh, my goodness. They beat the Patriots way. They shoved it down our throats for 20 years. The Patriots way was have Tom Brady on your team. That was the Patriots way. Have Tom Brady. Well, if your team doesn't have Tom Brady, then how can you do the Patriots way? And you remember, we saw 15 teams try to do it the Patriots way. The Jets, the Lions, the Texans, all these teams were trying to do it the Patriots way. Well, you don't got Tom. He's not coming with you. So that's a terrible idea. You can't do it the Chiefs way either. (laughs) They drafted the greatest tight end of all time. They have maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. They have a top five coach all time on their team. They have a future Hall of Fame defensive lineman in Chris Jones. What? What? Why are you trying? Stop. No, that's not the way you should do it. Nothing about the Chiefs offense. If I'm the Denver Broncos is like, hey, you know who we should copy? We should copy the Chiefs. No, please don't do that. That's really bad for you. You are going to lose doing that. You're going to lose royally doing that. You don't have Patrick Mahomes. 
sure, Patrick Mahomes can win the Super Bowl with Rasheed Rice and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Justin Watson and Noah Gray. What makes you think that Tua can do that? What makes you think that Will Levis can do that? What makes you think Brock Purdy could do something like that? So I just, please scrap that plan. There's some things that you can copy with the Chiefs. They've done a great job of drafting and developing on the defensive side. Like a a really good job at drafting and developing. That's something you should consider. You should try to do it that way. You know what you should probably do on the offensive side? Try to be more like Philadelphia. They drafted a quarterback who I think is a good quarterback. They traded for a number one wide receiver. They drafted another wide receiver. They built a good offensive line, and they hoped that it would work. And it kind of worked. Please don't try to be like the Chiefs. You can't be like Mike. No. It is not a good idea. That's number one. Can I play this Kyle Shanahan one more time just because of how nonsense it is? This is just, it's a bad strategy. This is Kyle Shanahan, and he was asked about why they chose to get the ball first in overtime. You know, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, Kyle. Okay. Again, this is a bad plan. Please don't do this. I don't know what the overtime is in high school football. I'm assuming it's like college. Please don't listen to Kyle Shanahan. If you're a college coach, if you're the coach at Avila or Mid-American Nazarene right now, listen to this. Please do not listen to Kyle Shanahan. There's some things to listen to him on. Do not listen to this. Going into overtime, giving Patrick Mahomes the advantage is not the correct thing to do. It is, in fact, the worst possible thing that you can do. Our top text is CDOT. This is not that bad of a plan. It is. You cannot win overtime on the first possession. You can't. It is impossible to win it on the first possession. You can win it on the second one. Why would I enter a overtime and I'm signing up for the first portion of overtime? I cannot win. You can't, you can't even win on a touchdown the first possession. The game is not over. The game continues. It is one of the worst plans that you can have. They went into an overtime giving Patrick Mahomes the advantage. I just don't know how that's a good idea. It seems like a very bad idea and the wrong idea and not something I would do. Not something that I would advise. Not something that I think is very smart. You also give Patrick Mahomes all four downs to then try to beat you. And then you give him the opportunity of having maybe the greatest offensive mind ever to draw up. a. It's just it's. It's bad. I just, it is overthinking it for the sake of overthinking it. And football is, it's not that difficult. It really isn't. It isn't as difficult as they make it seem. I'm convinced. I'm thoroughly convinced after hearing San Francisco 49ers players say that they don't understand the overtime rules. It, It can't be as hard as they make it seem like it is.
It's impossible for it to be. There has to be a better plan than that. And you cannot give Patrick Mahomes the ball. By the way, Kyle Shanahan throwing a stray analytics. Me and you can disagree about analytics with Dan Campbell. There's no way the analytics department was like, yeah, third. That's the play. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. No, that's right. Somebody said football is simple, not easy. No, that's, that's yeah, that's fair. I agree with that. All right, let's talk about the Royals. I wrote down a few things. The number one thing I wrote down is I understand why in these press conferences they have to kind of say their words in such a way, and they practice it. Like, they practice answering questions and how to tiptoe out of things and how not to commit to things, you know? Like, they take a real course on this. I'm serious. This is a media training. This is a thing that they do. They they were asked today about the, I mean, the, the fact. At some point, people are going to have to move out of their business. They're going to have to move to make way for this stadium. They were asking him. I mean, the media was, they figured out four different ways to ask the same question. You could tell that Sam Mellinger was getting annoyed, and that's my guy. But they answered the question twice. Somebody rephrased the exact same question, and you could tell he kind of was like, this question's been answered, and then the woman stepped in. It was, that is the story. If you look at the rendering, they are building the downtown stadium where there are things. There's cigar bar over there. There's the totally nude. There's that over there. There's a little ramen store over there. Record. There, there's things over there. Some of those things are going to have to move. The question was, hey, you say you're going to go to them and offer them money. What if they don't want your money? And what if they don't want to move? Then you're moving. I know this sounds callous. And I remember this is the message that you guys had for me. A couple of months ago, when they were putting NFL games on Peacock for the playoffs, I don't like it. I don't think that it's right. I don't think that it's fair. I think that we are allowing the NFL to turn their product into pay-per-view. But it's the NFL, and NFL is king, and we just got to go with it. And now they're putting games in Brazil. Like, they continue to water down our experience. They take away home games. and They do all these things. But it's the NFL, and we just got to accept it. That's a big business. I think big business is happening here, and it is incredibly unfortunate. They are going to change a community. People work there. People live there. They are going to change a community. This is what big business does, and it's not fair. And it's unfortunate, but that is what is going to happen. So we already know the answer to, well, what if what if business owner A doesn't want to move, but the Royals want them to move? Then they're moving. You think that your store is what's keeping the downtown stadium from being built? No. They are coming in, and they are eminent domain. They are taking your property away from you. Oh, you're going to get something for it. But they are taking your property away from it. That's life. Again, it stinks. But that is life. Rob, I thought that was the biggest part of today's press conference was that was the question that we all had. What happens to these businesses? I, 
they they kind of told you what was going to happen to those businesses. I also think the other part of information from the business was that the stadium is going to be ready opening day of 2028. That is their plan. Opening day 2028. So we have four more years of enjoying Kauffman Stadium because at the end of these four years, they are tearing it down and they are moving to a brand new shiny downtown ballpark that I imagine we will love. And that will be pretty impressive and will be one of the greatest baseball stadiums in the world. I don't know why it wouldn't be. I took that away. I took their commitment to Jackson County away from it. John Sherman, Brooks Sherman, all the people that spoke made it very clear and abundantly clear. Our plan is to stay and enhance Jackson County. Jackson County has been good to us. We are staying here. We think it is better for everyone involved because we can help P&L. We can help downtown hit another wave of development. They were committed to Jackson County. That stood out to me. And because it's everyone's favorite topic, parking. Parking stood out to me. Their construction guy, Earl Santee, came out and said the quote, there will be no new parking structures built as part of the stadium. They also said they have 14,000 spots available in the surrounding downtown area for parking already. Because whenever they first announced the downtown stadium or they wanted to be downtown, inevitably that was the first question. And that question, which has been popping up on the text line periodically, was answered today. Here is our plan for parking. We are not building new structures. We good. Yeah, and I want to at least stress this. Someone says, CDOT, why do you have such a lack of, it, of sympathy and empathy about this? I want to be clear that I don't. But I also, I, I guess maybe in this, I understand that we live in America. And I think there are times where we all are very pro-capitalism. But then there are moments where capitalism happens. And then we realize hey, we kind of got screwed in this whole deal. This is going to be one of those times in which people are going to be hurt by the idea of this thing. That there is going to be a, there are two forces. There is one force of a business that is a $1.2 billion business. And then there is a ramen shop. I do not think the ramen shop is winning against the $1.2 billion business. So I would just advise you, if you're the owner of the ramen shop or the tenant of the ramen shop, I would try to get as much money as you can out of this process, and I would try to find you a new location to serve your customers and people that love your product because they are coming for your things. I would just say this, is, this part is the way life works, though. We used to buy CDs. Eventually, you know what they did? Like, people used to have stores that sold CDs. Eventually, all the music came directly onto your phone. Those people got left behind. If you couldn't pivot and figure out a way to, hey, how can we do this? We all loved Blockbuster, right? It was great. Rob, I love Blockbuster. I imagine you love Blockbuster, right? Do you guys want to go back to physically going to the store to rent movies? Or do you like, I can go on Netflix and I can do it. I just think this part is, this part's life. And it's unfortunate. It stinks. But we also just know big business. Amazon didn't get this way by playing nice. They got this way by displacing a lot of small businesses. And your favorite mom and pop store that you would go to. And, oh, man, you would get comics from there. and Oh, it was great. It was great to get baseball cards from there. We love it. Amazon came and said, yeah, we can sell you that same comic book for 35% cheaper 
you stop going to Sally's Comics to get your to get your products, and you started getting them directly from Amazon. That's how Walmart came in. Your favorite local grocery store? Yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Walmart sells groceries now. You buy them from us. I'm telling you, in this scenario, the Royals are Walmart. The Royals are Amazon, and they are coming for your small coffee shop. They do not care. They have a built a $2 billion plan, and they are not letting your Java roast stop them from building this structure. That I am excited about the structure. I think it is going to be a lot of fun. I actually think they're building it in a really, really good place. I know we can debate the East Village or where that it currently is. I think that's a really good space to have it. It's directly across the street from Sprint Center. It's directly, what, two blocks away from Power and Light. I think that's going to be a really, really interesting plan. And we'll see the plan as it's starting to come together. I guess the part about parking, and we'll talk to Jonathan Ketz about this here coming up in just a bit. I just trust them to figure it out. There's some things that I, there's some things I don't trust them on. I trust them when it comes to this. Rob, I just don't think that you can build a $2 billion. You can have a $2 billion project and your plan is figure it out on parking. That just doesn't make any sense to me. They're talking about building restaurants. They're talking about building hotels. They're talking about doing this. And they have to know that they're building this in Kansas City, Missouri. All of us drive. Everybody has a car. This isn't New York. This isn't Chicago. This isn't a place where you hop on the subway and the train. Or th- th- This is what they do. So I just, I don't think you can build that structure and then not have the parking and all the things that, that go with it. I don't think that's possible. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Jonathan Ketch. Jonathan Ketch was at the press conference earlier today. He's been one of the key people covering this. We'll get his thoughts on the Royals press conference today with their announcement of their new downtown stadium. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by Jonathan Katz of Channel 9. He was at the press conference earlier today where the Royals made an announcement on where the stadium is going to be. John, how you doing, my man? Good. Hey, hey, see that? I gotta, I, I gotta talk smack for a sec. You just said Channel Nine. You're not thinking of my dad, are you? You don't work at Channel Nine? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm at Fox Four working for you. Oh my goodness, that's my fault. I work at, I work at Fox Four. We work together. Come on, dude. <laughs> my bad. Uh, you know what? Hold on. I'm gonna put you back on hold, and we're gonna redo this, John. That's on me. Rob, turn some music up. I'm gonna redo this, John. Hold on. Let me redo it. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. All right, let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by one of the top reporters in Kansas City working for you at Fox 4. Jonathan Ketz joins us on the show today. Jonathan, how are you doing, man? I'm good. It was an interesting uh, press conference about a couple (laughs) hours ago. John, you see how you can actually like you can't get a second chance on things and you can you can rewind time. I don't know if anybody told you that, but I just did it in real time. You can rewind and you can get a second chance to do things. That's something new I've learned today. How about that? (laughs) 
Right now, we're talking to Jonathan Ketz of Fox 4 joining us on the show. John, let's start with this. You have been tracking this thing since the very, very beginning. What was your biggest takeaway from the press conference today? Uh, I, um, I think it will still be so interesting to see how this election turns out on April the 2nd and whether or not that election has an impact on whether this new stadium gets built. We asked John about that after um, the newser, and, you know, he kind, of, he kind of danced around the question. He said, that's not really what we're focused on right now. We're just focused on the campaign to try to get people to vote yes on April 2nd, um, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but, you know, if the Royals are counting on 250 to 300 mil, uh, 350 million um, from sales tax money that they would get for this new stadium over 40 years, the question becomes how do they get around that if they're not going to get that money uh, from the taxpayers of Jackson County? I mean, isn't the answer going to be that all of the plans today that they have, they just go away? I, I, I mean, I think that's that's a legitimate argument. Um, it was the, the CEO of the Heavy Constructors Association, uh, Bridget Williams, who's it's a union support group, a, a nonprofit that has a lot of political clout in the area. I mean, she basically said that it is imperative um, that the stadium issue passes on April the second. I thought it was interesting that she kind of she kind of stepped out there and said that because the Royals, you know, John Sherman, Brooke Sherman, Sarah Tourville. They did not say that. But how much of this conversation changes on April the 3rd if the majority of people say no um, remains to be seen. And we know that eastern Jackson County is not largely, you would think, in favor of a ballpark going much further west in Jackson County. And they have played uh, a crucial role in some past elections. So, you know, I think your independences and Lee Summits and Blue Springs uh, of this county, you know, may have a huge say in how this turns out that night. John, how worried do you think the Royals are about this not passing? Because, I mean, for you to have this press conference with everybody, I mean, the owner, his right-hand man, Bob Kendrick, Kathy Nelson, the, the, the construction people, for you to have this many people part of the press conference and this announcement today, you got to feel really good about this passing in two months. Well, I think you you certainly feel much better about it now that the Chiefs just won their third Super Bowl in the last five years. Um, that helps the the long term signing of Bobby Wood Jr. just last week helps. Um, you know, I there was there's somebody that I trust who I've been talking to this to for this story for more than a year now, and literally last year at about the same time. Because, you know, there was talk about this sales tax election happening in April of 2023, too. He goes, your perfect storm is for the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl. And, of course, we always knew that the Royals and the Chiefs were going to be on the same ballot question for this. You're not voting on the Chiefs and the Royals separately. You're voting on a renovation for the Chiefs at Arrowhead. You're voting on a new stadium for the Royals downtown. He goes, the perfect storm would be for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl and for the Royals and the Chiefs, especially the Royals, to carry that momentum into the election. Well, with the Chiefs just winning the Super Bowl, they can carry that same momentum into April for this election in less than two months. John, I'm just expecting at some point here in the next, I don't know, six weeks, 
that the Chiefs have a pretty clear campaign. They get Patrick Mahomes to do a video. They get Paul Rudd to do a video. They get Eric Stone Street. Like, they get the people that matter in the city about how important it is to keep Arrowhead where it is. This feels like a scenario in which the Chiefs say, hey, Royals, you got it 80% of the way. Let us take it from here. Let us get this money. You guys do what you're going to do with the money. We obviously have a plan of what we're going to do with the money, and we're going to go from there. I mean, through all of this conversation, I'm looking at the football team and their plan. They haven't really given you a lot of information about what they plan to do with Arrowhead. All they've said is is that they want to stay exactly where they are. Well, I think – I do think, and and obviously this, you know, maybe the Chiefs would come out. I mean, who knows? Do the Chiefs come out with an announcement on Friday of this week? I I don't know. But it's obviously not going to happen tomorrow with the team winning on Sunday. Therefore, the parade is is tomorrow. But but the Chiefs, some point soon, because military voting, I believe, starts later this week. Absentee voting with an excuse in person starts for Jackson County residents on Tuesday, one week from today. So the Chiefs do need to say and release and show people something soon as to what does a renovation to GEHA Field at Arrowhead State specifically mean. Right now we're talking to Jonathan Ketch with Fox 4 WDAF working for you. The best news here in Kansas City, Jonathan Ketch. (laughs) Jonathan Ketch breaking down everything regarding to the downtown stadium. John, I feel like in this press conference, a major point was about what's going to happen to those small businesses. I mean, don't we know what's going to happen to these small businesses? I mean, they're either going to sell or they're going to be forced to move and sell their property. Like, I mean, we all know how this is going to go. I mean, the Royals, a $1.2 billion company, they want this land to build their new stadium. They are going to build their new stadium there. They they, want to build their new stadium there. And I can't remember how many different property owners there are in this footprint from Grand on the I know it was said, but I can't remember right now at the top of my head. And every property owner's opinion is is different. I think some people are for this. I know Matt Abbott, who's like the biggest property owner in the crossroads, is for this. But you're going to have other people who will fight this through the court system and this wasn't said today by the team, but if if a person does not want to move to have the Royals build their ballpark in the East Crossroads, you know, the, the city basically can force them out and the Royals can through the eminent domain process. And it, it'll be interesting to see if this passes on April 2nd, how many different property owners go that route if they don't want to sell to the team. I was a little bit surprised today when they made the announcement that they need 18 acres of land still. I've never bought land before, so I don't have a good understanding of how much 18 acres is. It seems like a lot of land. It it seems like there's still a lot of work to be done on this. Yeah, well, and this is, you know, this site is not, you know, in, in August, we were all here for a news conference in the same room, and the East Crossroads wasn't even a part of the conversation was the East Village. So, yeah, John, I, somebody said it was 18 acres today. The East Village site was 27. The North Kansas City site was close to 90. So this is the smallest footprint out of these three different ballpark locations. But there is still so much work to do to acquire all of this land, and they did say that they're in the process of talking to all the different property owners that they need to to try to avoid the eminent domain situation. All right, John, you know what? 
I'm sorry that I said you worked at Channel 9. I apologize to you. I've actually talked to you at Fox 4 before at the physical building, so I'll make it up to you. Why don't me and you, we will go to Temptations, and let's talk to the business owner to find out how he feels about today's announcement. I'll even pay for it. My treat. We'll go out there, and this will be be strictly business. This is not for pleasure or for fun. We're going to go to Temptations, maybe like 11.30, 12 at night, and we're going to look for the business owner and try to talk to him about this. See, now now you're trying to get me in trouble. (laughs) No. <laughs> that is that is Jonathan Ketz joining us on the show today with Fox Four W uh, D A F working for you. Watch them tomorrow for all your parade coverage. Thank you, John. I appreciate your time. Thank you, C Dot. <laughs> That's Jonathan Ketz joining us on the show today. He didn't like my idea of going to talk to the business owner. That's a great news idea, is it not? That's not a great news idea. I mean, do you think that business owns that building? Because I think you need to talk to the How do we, property owner. I don't know. How do we know unless we go? How do you know? You can't call. There's music playing. There's a lot of stuff happening. I, I We don't know. Is that a job for Do I need to go down there? And we need to figure this out. We need to go physically down there, and we need to interview some people, and we need to find out. How they feel about this? That they're built, they're, they're, they could tear it down. Some investigative journalism. That's all I tried to. That's all I tried to do with John. That's all I tried to do is pass that knowledge. And he obviously he didn't go for it. Jonathan Katz joining us on the show today. Great stuff from him. He's phenomenal. All right, coming up on the other side. You know what? Some of you missed it. We're going to play the best of what John Sherman had today. He met with the media. He answered questions about the downtown stadium. We'll play it for you. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. Rob, what time do we need to play? John Sherman, so I can tell you my story. We got to play it right now. Would you rather hear my sewing story, or do you want to be to play John Sherman? It's up to you. I can tell you both. I'm just going to tell you the sewing story. How about that? Are you going to ask? Are you asking me? I didn't know you're asking me. Or the, yeah, I'm asking you, the Rob. Do you want to hear the story? Well, I heard John Sherman once today, so I would rather hear the sewing story. Okay. Well, let me tell you what happened. So I told myself at the very beginning of the year that I wanted to learn one new thing this year. That was going to be my New Year's resolution. I don't think that we at 30 or 40 years old or even older than that, I don't know if we try to learn things anymore. And I wanted to try to learn something. And probably about three, four weeks ago, I decided I want to learn how to sew. And it seems fun. So I went on Google and I was like, well, where can someone teach me how to sew? So I found this place. It's called the Sewing Lab. I would highly encourage you to check it out if you have an interest in sewing or already sew. And I went in there and I talked to this man. His name was Robert. And he had me, he was really, he was really pumping me up. Like it's not going to be that hard. He was like, oh, that's easy. I was like, oh, for real? It's easy? Oh, great. Rob, I went in there today. We had our first class, right? It's every Tuesday from 9 to 11.30. For the next 10 weeks, Rob, 
I already paid for it. I'm locked in. I'm going to learn how to sew. So we're there, and you know, we're, everybody's introducing each other. Hey, how's it going? Everyone was super friendly. And then, he, so the, the instructor, he starts kind of going through the basics of the machine, like how to work it, how to operate it. This is what this is. This is what this does. And then Rob, he basically was just like, hey. So he hands me these sheets of paper. It's kind of like if you were trying to teach a kid how to write their name. He's like, why don't you guys see what you can do for the next five minutes? Rob, I'm telling you for five minutes there, it was as lost and as confused as I've ever been in my entire life. Honestly, as lost and confused as I've ever been. I didn't know what I was doing. It was like everything that that man had just told me before, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm sitting there. I was, I was kind of flustered. I kind of thought about quitting in that moment. Like, you know what? I don't need the stress in my life. I don't want to do this. But I said, no, I'm here. I've paid for it. I want to learn. I want to be at the end of this. I want to say, you know what I made? I made a quilt. That's what I wanted to say. So, all right. I felt like I was back in class, Rob. I raised my hand. I was like, I don't, I don't know if you were talking. I heard you, but I didn't hear what you said. So he came over and he was like, oh, this is easy. I see what you did wrong. So he helped me. And Rob, I'm telling you, I felt a sense of accomplishment here. So he just handed me these things. You had to like sew the paper. For the next hour, I was not good. I was not sewing in a straight line. It was not good. But you know what, Rob? Something changed for me over the course of this, and I started getting better. And then I started, I could make like straight lines and stars and arrows. And I'm like, wait, hold on. I might make this hat sooner than I think. Rob, you know what? I want, at some point this baseball season, I want to hand you something that I sewed from my own brain, my own mind. I want to hand it to you. That's my goal. Because I see you looking at me, and when I told you I was doing this, you were like, no, why are you doing this? Because I want to learn a new skill. And damn it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to learn how to sew. You want to come to one of the classes? You want to learn with me? No, I... I Thing is very commendable. We're trying to learn and do a new thing this year. I think it's fantastic. I'm pretty busy, so I don't think I can make it. What is the demographics of the sewing class? Okay, that's okay. This is good. There, it was. It was a good, healthy mix. There were nine of us in the class. There was only one other gentleman. There was one other. It was a, another young black woman. She was very friendly, and then it was all older people. And it was like varying degrees. It was varying degrees of learning. Some people were like, it was two people in there like me. Never had sewed a day in their life. Didn't know how to work the machine. I'm learning terms. I didn't even know, Rob, I didn't even know there was a foot thing. Did you know that? How you make the actual sewing machine work, it's like a pedal. Now, I don't remember the official name of the pedal, but it was a little pedal and it sews for you. I'm going back on Friday to practice. <laughs> I'm going back to practice because they have. So, Rob, you know how they have open gym? They have open. sew that you can just go in there. Is, there, just, is it called open? sew? it's called open. So you can Amazing. just go in there and just, hey, just come in here and practice. I'm like, oh, I already got it down Friday morning. I'm in there working on sewing. It's going to be great. I'm so excited to make you something. Don't text line. When this thing is done and I show you what I sewed, don't worry. You'll be proud of what I've learned. All right. Tomorrow. 
I don't know how my voice is going to sound when I come in here because I plan on having a great Wednesday. I don't know about y'all, but tomorrow's going to be amazing. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.